The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. is your main event, Mark's Podcast. I am your first host, lifelong wrestling fan, former radio guy, cat dad, and the softest part of the ring, I am Troy. And with me, as always, is the main event collector and figure hunting warrior. He's the WWE walking wrestling encyclopedia and the Nova to my Max Mini. He's Greg. What's up, Greg? No. <laughs> I was like, there's like three other things you could have done on here, and you pick that. Well, yeah. I've used the Godwins before. I've used the Headbangers. Uh, I didn't want to go with the stereotypical Los Bariquas, so I, I had to go with the Minis. You could, have went with, you could have went with Mullet Dude and Dude in the Austin hat in the front row, and I would have bought that better. But. No, the Minis. Got to go with the Got to give them some little love, man. No? no? All right. <laughs> You're f***ing stupid. <laughs> Come on. You, you mean to tell me that wasn't the best match on the card? <laughs> some of the matches on this card, that ranked near the top, I'll tell you that. Dude, I realize I'm going to we'll talk about it when we get to it. Uh, I, I know it was thrown on at the last minute, but holy crap. By the way, why was that the, the pivot? They were like, well, there's been a death and, uh, you know, we're, we're still we'll bring you some updates when we get them. By the way, the minis. Because you, like, if you're going to pay homage to Brian Pillman, you got to have the, the, the dwarfs. Yeah, I like how they're like, uh, well, we can't bring you uh, Brian Pillman and Dude Love tonight, but, you know, we have a replacement that we think you'll like. Out come the little people. What the fuck? Well, they saw uh, that deal with Japan, or uh, Mexico, right? And, you know, that, that wrestling out there is, like, huge, you know? I mean, you know that. No uh, yeah. pun intended. Well, and as we all know... That was you know, really no pun intended, I swear. Well, and as we all know, Lucha is huge in Missouri. Yep. <laughs> Missouri. Yeah. There's no I in Missouri. It's Missouri. Yeah, right. Good lord. This card, man, it was something. So we've now done uh, this one, the one before this, and the one after this. So, yeah. Now, so you got the whole collection, everybody. Just about. I will say. What? Yes. <laughs> I don't know if that fits, but there you go. <laughs> But I, I will say there, there's really one word that I can use to describe this show. Mid. Trash. Or that. Yeah, I'll say mid. It was. Uh, well, yeah, yeah I don't know. that last match really hooks you. But yeah, the rest of it's garbage. Yep. That second to last match. I'm going to say they're like, crap, we need to we, like we need to fill time because. Oh, yeah, of our... yeah. You know, you could have did. I don't know. Take the, the match with but, uh, one of the matches with someone good and make it a little bit longer or a couple of them. <laughs> yeah, that you second know? to last match, they're like, uh, right. let's just stretch it out. Like, really? I mean, I like Bulldog and Brett. Patriots, <sighs> okay. Vader is okay. Like, okay, Vader's good, but at this time, he's okay. But good. Yeah, the WWE Lord. Vader was not great after 96. Right. And the Patriot is, like, on his way out. I don't know if we know that at the time, but I mean, he is. Just got in. but <laughs> Right. Uh, he's got an effed up shoulder, I guess, and whatever they else. Clearly, had huge plans for him, dude. They threw him right in into the fire with best yeah, wrestler I, in the damn company at the time, or one of them. Well, Sean's I mean, still I, better. Hot take, sorry. But, I will say but, this: 
Yeah, it's I, like I will, they clearly thought he was going to be something, right? Well, I will say this I mean, about him. God he had that look fire, at him. He had that fire tag team with, with Buff Bagwell and the other company. Yeah, right. Was that Stars and Stripes? <laughs> yeah, which but I actually enjoyed, but looking back at him, they were trash. He was just oh. a Patriot. Was he actually the Patriot there? Yeah. Wow. I think he I, owned the rights to it. Uh, that sounds familiar, but I thought he was something else, man. Oh, no, he was man. definitely the Patriot because I knew exactly who, who he was when he debuted, so that's how I know. Wow. Yeah. Oh, he was the trooper. That was it. Uh, that was Stars and Stripes, though, right? Uh, yeah, probably not. Uh, I think he was the trooper in AWA, uh, if I remember correctly. With no mask, but he's still a mask. That one, I, I, I can't tell you for sure. Uh, but yeah, Stars and Stripes, man. Yeah, okay, no mask. He he was like a highway trooper, whatever, you know? Wait, wait, so he wasn't even like a damn army trooper? I don't think so. He looks like a state highway patrol with a mullet. So, <laughs> so a state highway patrol, that's all you had to say, got it. Yeah, now you're just right. being redundant. But He's got the aviator shades, he's got the, the, the hat. He almost looks like the American version of the Mountie. Like, I'm not joking. But yeah, he was... He's the, the trooper, he always gets his man... Good lord. Except the Something. mask wouldn't be soft on that. They let him be it. No, he can't be the mountain, you know, Fender Country. Well, and he he had to have been uh you know, he had to have been the uh, American version of the of the Mountie because he's hella southern too. So that fits. Uh, well, dude, he was a game cock. Hell yeah, you don't get much more southern than calling yourself. I, that. I believe he was a game cock, right? Was he good in South Carolina? Yeah, he was from South Carolina. That's I, yeah, yep. that's so Yep. I just sent you a picture of what he looked like, and you told me game that's not the Mountie. <laughs> Why would you call yourself the Gamecocks? God. I mean, it's a chicken, but yeah, I. Uh, I mean, I'm going to assume at the time that wasn't a frequently used term for you know your genitals, but I don't know. <laughs> Speaking of genitals, this show, but <laughs> you see that? Picture? I like how it's in black and white, by the way. <laughs> yeah, right. Tell me that's not the American Mountie. Like, come on, man. Yeah. Right there. He didn't hold the stick in the ball and chain because Bossman was already doing it, right? I guess. Uh, the, does the Highway Patrol arrest people? I think they just hand out tickets. I, couldn't I don't know how that works. Yeah. Any, any Highway Patrolman out there, uh, first of all, don't pull me over. And second of all, uh, do, do you guys arrest people? I, I, I don't drive, up. so you, I got that problem. Yeah, well, probably out in California on your highways, it's probably a good idea. I've heard some horror stories about uh, the traffic out there. But getting back to uh, the show, though, I man, the the news we're going to cover. Oh, we have to. There's some not great news. Obviously, the top story. I think everybody knows if what it is. You know where we are. You know what the top story is. Right. Uh, past that, there's we actually got quite a bit of news out of Japan involving like MMA. So we'll we'll talk about all that, but uh, real quick, before we get into all of it, though, I did want to thank the sponsor of the podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by Mahler Bros Golf. We all want to look good on the golf course, but it often comes at the expense of feeling good. Mahler Bros Golf has polos that look good and feel good. With their lightweight and stretchy material that hugs your body, you will feel cool while looking just as cool. Their polos are guaranteed to make you look better. But it's up to you to golf better. On a hot summer day on the golf course, there's no polo that you would rather wear than Muller Bros Golf Signature Polos. 
Muller Bros Golf has a large catalog of polos with designs for those who want a loud design and others for those who want a subtle and sleek looking design. They also have fun t-shirts, hats, tumblers, and so much more to make your golfing experience better. Use code BELLYUP at MullerBros.com for 15% off. Muller Bros doesn't just have polos, by the way. They have really fun golf t-shirts that you can wear anywhere. Maybe like that barbecue that your family invited you to, or even that get-together with your friends. Maybe a night out on the town if you want to have fun while looking good and also impressing the local ladies. Make sure to let them know where you got that shirt and wear it proudly. Don't wait to try out your new favorite golf apparel. Upgrade your golf attire with Mahler Bros. Get 15% off at MahlerBros.com with code BELLYUP. That's 15% off at M-A-H-L-E-R-Bros.com with code BELLYUP. Turn heads on the golf course or wherever you wear Mahler Bros. polos. Mahler Bros. golf look good, feel good, feel good, play good. And now we're going to get into our first break. Uh, and here, uh, we're going to tell you where to find our awesome merchandise. It It is October, so you can get yourself the uh, the pink ribbon for uh, Breast Cancer Awareness Month on a shirt. It's our uh, October October logo you might see on the album art for this. Also, we uh, are heading into the holidays. So you can get yourself a, a Thanksgiving-themed logo shirt or a Christmas-themed one. Or if Oh, you're a- yeah, that's right. That cockadoodle do sound is coming back. Hell yeah, man. Uh, it's coming up in November, man. Uh, and for all of you out there, if, if you're of the Jewish persuasion, uh, we also have a Hanukkah-themed logo that you could get on sure. the shirt. Yeah, uh, I have a buddy who bought that shirt. He's not Jewish. I don't know why he bought it, but, you know, <laughs> maybe he supports. Uh, you could know somebody who's Jewish and give it to him as a gift, too. Don't forget. Uh, he, he wears it around. <laughs> he actually sent me a picture of himself wearing it to the mall, and I'm like, uh, free advertisement, I guess, but... Um, Random, dude. Okay. Just don't walk into church. My personal flames. I didn't say oh, that. That's what Howard said on uh, on uh, Big Bang when he walked into the church. Good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to try not to listen to flames. <laughs> Jeez. Well, but yeah, uh, go hook yourself up or uh, hook a family member up with or, uh, or a friend with, uh, with one of them. And we've got tons of designs. So go check that out. We've got one that looks like our logo, but it says that is correct. Check that out as well. Anyone and, that says I star David made him at marks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but go check it out on our bonfire story. We'll tell you all about in our first break right here. Follow the main event marks on Twitter and Instagram at main event underscore marks and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod. Get ready to rumble! In your new Main Event Marks merchandise, we've got t-shirts, hoodies, masks, hats, stickers, pins, and much more on our Redbubble store. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com. You can also pick up some awesome clothing items with the latest updated show graphics on our Bonfire store. That's bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks. Support your favorite retro wrestling podcast and pick up some cool swag on our Bonfire and Redbubble stores. That's maineventmarks.com dot redbubble.com and bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks by god somebody's interrupting the main event marks 
sit down, JR. It's just me, Kyle Sullivan, a.k.a. Shaggy Von Doom, your host of Here in Puckburg on the Hockey Podcast Network. I know, a hockey show on the main event marks. Who would have thought? This is an invasion angle. Somewhere between the Nexus and when WCW tried to invade WWE, you know, somewhere in there. But I'm over here just telling you that one half of your tag team champions over here, Greg, he told his story of his love for the game of hockey over on my show. And if you'd like to hear that story, all you have to do is search here in Puckburg, wherever you get your podcast, or on YouTube. In the meantime, Shagamania's got to go run wild on some other hockey show. So, just remember, quote the Raven, nevermore. Take your vitamins, say your prayers, and oh yeah! Event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash main event marks podcast. Now back to the show. And we're back. We're back. If you're tuning into a wrestling podcast to hear about wrestling and you want it gimmick and politic free, you probably want the same out of your products. Are you ready to ditch the gimmick coffee? Coffee Brand Coffee is fresh roasted to order using only the highest quality coffee sourced direct from farms around the world. They've got bagged coffee as well as K-Cups. Not into coffee? Well, they've got great teas and cocos as well at Coffee Brand Coffee. Their head coffee roasters have mastered the art of unlocking flavors hidden inside their beans. Each batch is custom crafted and curated to accompany unique flavor profiles. Click on the link in the podcast description or go to coffeebrandcoffee.com and use our special promo code MAINEVENT, all one word, at checkout to get 5% off your order. That's coffeebrandcoffee.com and use the promo code MAINEVENT to save 5% at checkout. It is almost news and notes time. You got something cracking today? Always got stuff cracking here. Here we go. Here we go. Wow, yep. yeah. Well, you know what I say to that? It's five o'clock somewhere. Oh, that's a new, that's a new one. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a sugar-free rock star, by the way. Hey, we're both drinking sugar-free. I'm actually drinking a uh, Mountain Dew Zero Sugar, I'm trying to be a, a tad healthier. Uh, I was drinking sweet tea yesterday, no pop whatsoever. I was a train. Good grief! I had to think about that for a minute. I was like, wait, what the? Oh God! <laughs> All right, I still got it. Means it's another debt charge. <laughs> Good grief. Why did, why did you have to remind me of sweet F and T? Because it popped into my head. And if I got to remember, you got to remember it. Yeah, I, I guess that's how it goes on the show. Well, there's uh, the rules. Unfortunately. Well, <clears throat> we got quite a bit of news and notes to dive into here today. Some of it good, a lot of it bad. Let's just start uh, off with the bad. Get it out. Yeah, we will. Uh, let's hit it. That is correct. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, Dave. Everything that guy just says bullshit. <laughs> yeah, we've got some uh, <clears throat> some not great news for everybody here uh, to start off with. Again, as Greg mentioned, if you know where we are in history, you know what the top story is. I mean, they talked about it on this show. So I think they opened the show with it, right? Yeah, well, they, they talk about it in the entrances for the very first match, and they, they <clears throat> broke the story originally on the free-for-all, which, those of you out there, was the name of the pre-show before there was a pre-show. So, or something I heat too. Yes, that one as well. But Ryan Pillman. Wait, that's what? That's correct, right? That is correct. Uh, but first story here: Brian Pillman has passed away at the age of thirty-five. 
dang, I'm just slightly younger than that. Uh, Pillman's death appears. Four years to, over, man. So I've already shot it. Yeah, uh, Pillman's death Overshot, appears to have been from a heart attack in his sleep. Although it's thought that prescription drugs may have played a part, until toxicology results come back in, no one knows for sure. Uh, WWF learned of Pillman's death shortly before the Bad Blood pay-per-view went on the air. Vince McMahon announced Pillman's death on the pre-show, and everyone on the roster basically had to try to put their grief on hold for a few hours to get through the show. That freaking sucks, man. That's right up there with, uh, uh, like, when Owen Hart... I mean, the Owen Hart thing was worse. Like, I said, that video. But also, it wasn't as many people having to perform after it happened. Like, this was a whole show. Yeah, right. Well, and I sent you that video. I've, I've never watched Over the Edge, like, the whole show. Uh, I, and I saw that video somebody posted. Well, under- it sucks, so. I mean, for a couple of reasons, but. Right. But Undertaker makes his entrance, and he's in the ring taking his coat off, and uh, uh, Paul Bearer's helping him, and he's just, like, staring at the part of the, of the ring that Owen fell in, and you can tell he's, like, trying not to cry. And it's, like, rough to watch, man, because you can see it in his face. And here, I mean, Brian Pillman's, like, best friends had to go out there and perform the whole show after... Yeah, the entire Heart Foundation, basically. Yeah, it's freaking rough, man. I, I can't even imagine. And Stone Cold, that was, his, that was Stone Cold's best friend for most of his uh, adult life. And one of his running mates for... You know, throughout most of his career, always rode with him and everything. Just dead, and Austin had to go out there and perform. And I, he put on a happy face, man, because he put on a hell of a show for the short time he was out there. But that it would have been rough. Well, I guess I should cover this since we're already talking about um, we're already talking about the guy. Brian Pillman had another XXX Files segment with Marlena and the two of them in bed together while she looked unhappy and. Wow. Uh, <laughs> And she looked unhappy to be there, and he made a bunch of sexual references. This turned out to be Pillman's last TV appearance. Lovely way to go. Yeah, right. I mean, you don't get much more poetic than the way that Ultimate Warrior was last seen on TV. But this, man. Like, well, Owen's that, last time, he was doing uh, funny Blue Blazer stuff, so. Yeah, I mean, right. There's too, too damn much cleavage on the show. <laughs> damn it, it's not enough. God dang it, pal. That you said cleavage. That's crass. <laughs> Call it your chest butt. What the hell? <laughs> uh, anyway. I don't think we're supposed to be laughing right now, but... Yeah, I, yeah he got to laugh through the pain. But, yeah, the XXX if Files. If I didn't do that, I would, I would have to quit talking to you. Wow. Uh, yeah, the XXX Files, man. That's um, real original. I guarantee you there is a porno film out there with that title guarantee yeah, i wonder who came up with this whole idea i'm just curious bro <laughs> he was there by the way yes he was he was fully in the uh in the like the captain's chair at that point so he was he was writing all this crap it was i if i remember what jim Cornette said it was basically just Vin, the two vinces at this point i don't know if Cornette. Uh, with a Still word writing. from Pritchard here or there, I think he said. Yeah. Yikes. And yuck. Uh, speaking of I'm going to go yuck. with Pritchard did the whole main event here, by the way. I'm just saying. Yeah, that would be a good guess. Either him. Well, actually, I'm going to I'm going to say Pat Patterson. This, well, it wasn't Russo, and we'll get more into that when it, time comes up, but it wasn't him for sure. 
Right. Because uh, Cornette laid it out why it wasn't him. So Cornette did say he gave them the idea for Kane and Kane's entrance because he had seen yeah, it he, happen. And he had some other horrible ideas with it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and might then, be, might be to mention that during the main event, but yeah. Yeah, we'll talk about it. But uh, I, I'm going to. I'm just going to say this is probably uh, it, it was probably a um, a Pat Patterson thing because they always said like match like weird matches like this. Uh, Pat could usually lay them out pretty well. So he was all about the gaga. But that's what the wrong. woo and the woo and the woo. What the f- is that? <laughs> that's my favorite from Car- Cardona. <laughs> yeah. uh, on Raw this week, Shawn Michaels and Hunter Hearst Helmsley were basically acting like total juvenile smart asses. Which was sort of hilarious, but the act's well, never going to go anywhere. But the act seems to be getting them a lot of heat backstage. No. Well, uh, yeah, I, uh, it's going to equal some money, so I'm just going to shut the hell up here very soon. Yep. <laughs> uh, speaking of Sean, after the incident a few weeks ago, where he stuffed a sock down his shorts and cut a promo cursing at the Undertaker, he was fined by Vince McMahon. Yeah, Bruce Pritchard said uh, it was a <laughs> it was a pretty hefty fine for that one. <laughs> And he said they had hold back the. It's like you didn't get shot on my. Him. You might have killed him. Yeah, we didn't well, rehearse that, by the way. Well, he's yeah. He said uh, they had to hold the Undertaker back from that one because he because uh, Taker was pissed. He wasn't actually there. It was like a pre-recorded video. So Sean just oh. took advantage. Well, thank Kenny Omega for that. I mean, God, yeah. sorry. Well, if he was there in person, uh, you think he would have just stormed to the ring and whooped his ass? <sighs> or well, yeah, actually, Texas if, boys all support one another. I don't know. There have been multiple stories of uh, the Undertaker supposedly wanting to beat Shawn Michaels' ass. So, oh, dude, guns, God, fellow Texans. That's what you love out there. Yeah. Uh, speaking of HBK that incidents, uh, that's Sheldon's mom. <laughs> uh, speaking of HBK incidents, during the main event segment of Raw, the crowd chanted, "Sean is gay." Yeah, and you know, I bet you, I'll bet you, the camera didn't focus on the fans saying it, and, and <laughs> clearly see them enunciating the words. I guarantee it. Down yeah, the archives, right. by the way, what was that American Bash ninety? Was it? The yeah, closest? I believe so. Yep. Uh, but this led to Sean turning and kissing Helmsley. The show was taped, so they edited that off before it aired. <laughs> oh, I have seen that, so I don't think I think it might have got through the cracks or something. Yeah, I was going to say that's not very progressive of them. How dare they're they? Sh- they're showing it like every DX highlight package ever. Yeah, I remember the one. This was this must have been a different one. So that like multiple crowds must have chanted that at Sean because I remember one time they chanted Sean is gay at him, and he said something about uh, ask your mothers how gay I am. <laughs> like, wow, <sighs> <laughs> that uh, that reminds me of the remember that that movie uh, uh, role models where he yeah. was like uh, he was like hey nice bull suit he's like oh yeah he got it from your mother's closet last night and he's like yeah after I fucked her. <laughs> Uh, yeah that was that was nice anyway hey, hold on for this one man I don't oh know god believe it i don't know if you're gonna believe this one these lead-ins are usually not well, good well this one is uh th- this one's hard to believe i'm just saying all right so so buckle in ahmed johnson is injured again <laughs> no yeah i know i told you it was shocking but you didn't believe me uh, this time, he tore a tendon and some nerves in his hand when he hit an exposed nail on the table outside of the ring at a house show. That one's okay. Kind of well, that may yikes. not be on him. Why did uh, he yeah. expose nail on a table? Right. Yeah, I would have been uh, pretty pissed. 
but he needs surgery on the hand. That was one of my guys when I was a kid, man. I love that guy. I don't know what it was. He had that it factor like Sid. Yep. It's kind of like the Batista thing. Like, God dang it, look at him. And he's got a cool song and he has a cool move. But Johnson was supposed to face Owen Hart in the finals of the Intercontinental title tournament. But that's out the window now. And Farouk took his place. I mean, yeah, if you're going to do an about no face. sense. <laughs> uh, Johnson out. Uh, Farouk, you're in. The reaction to this match, by the way, and we'll get more into that on the show, but it's like, you know, it's a rip to quote what Cornette does now. Who the hell? Who's the fucking heel? Yeah. <laughs> Who are <he's> going for? <laughs> yeah, this is, this is a weird match. I don't know. Like, just everything about it. But, oh, not for a lack of talent, mind you, but. Right. But Don Callis will be brought in as the manager of the Truth Commission group. <laughs> oh, yay. Oh, wow. He got one. Okay. Yeah. Well, the former manager, a guy named the Commandant, is actually from South Africa and was having issues with his visa. Go figure. Plus, they want a manager. You, you know, when I first saw that Commandant, I thought it was uh, was Jim Radnon. He lost, like, the skin tone. He kind of looked like him a little bit to me when I was a kid. Uh, who I thought it was was Frenchie Martin. Yeah, the facial hair fits. Yeah, it's, I, I I was like, this is Frenchie Martin, right? But nope. But apparently... Frenchie Martin, now a South African guy. That would be a hell of a <laughs> twist. Yeah, right. So, so it would be the, uh, the, Iran, the Iraqi guy, but... Uh. <laughs> yeah, right. But apparently they want a manager to be able to take bumps, and the original manager was an older guy who was an actor and, with no wrestling experience. Callus has been wrestling on the indies for a while and can take bumps. Yeah, now he's taking bumps when getting attacked by Mexican fans, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> that was disgusting. They, it's still real to them, damn it! They oh, dare you talk to them about Kenny Omega and yeah, we had a take uh, Takeshka at assault him. How dare you? <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, you get the Canadian being beaten up by the Japanese guy in Mexico. Got it. <laughs> They're all international flavor there, dude. Yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, Kenny Omega is actually a, a heel down in Mexico. I can't remember. Was it? I don't. I don't know what the hell he is here as of this recording. I mean, maybe might become more clear by the time this airs. But to this right now, as we speak, I don't know what the hell he is. Yeah. I just. Uh, I I know, and I can't remember who the hell he even took on it. I can't remember if it was El Vikingo or whatever. You know, it, the well, that, match. Yeah. Well, that their their matches are going to go down with him and Okada, man. Uh, shut up. I'll take him and Osprey over Okada, actually, but that was a classic. Yeah, those two can those two can go. I thought he had some damn good matches. I never Okada, knew I liked but... Will Osprey until that match. Yeah. Yeah, Osprey's Osprey's gotten a lot better the older he gets. And I think it's because he slowed down a little bit. So he's not doing quite so many flips and just unnecessary BS. But either way, Olympic got a badass so- song. Yeah. Uh, Olympic silver medalist Matt Gaffari has not yet signed a WWF deal, though it's expected and that he, he will probably soon. won't. <laughs> because I've never heard of him, unless he goes under another name or something. <laughs> nah, I looked him up because I was like, who is this guy? I don't recognize him at all. So they I, didn't get the silver medalist, but they're about to get the gold medalist. Yeah, right. Okay. Okay. Yep. <laughs> they probably tried for them both. I mean, that would have been a cool-ass team or feud or whatever. That could have been the the original, uh, well, I was going to say the original American Alpha, but the original American Alpha was the world's greatest tag team. So uh, 
I don't know. That's true. Was this guy was this guy black by any chance? No, he was like uh, Well, in order for it to be American Alpha or the World's Greatest Tag Team, one has to be black, one has to be white. That's the rule. He was he doesn't look white. I think he's he, he well, especially with a name like Gafari. I'm gonna assume okay. he's like is he a person of color, then I guess that might work, but he's I think he's Arab, uh or of he's got some Arab blood in him with that name. But Okay, maybe the rule has to be one's just a white guy, one's just something else. Yeah. I don't know. That's how those two teams were. But it is expected that he will sign. Yeah, I miss American Alpha. They were freaking insanely good. Not. Yeah, I know. I thought it was the dumbest thing ever when they split them up because then it's like they it made no doing, sense. Yeah. Well, first they tried doing this, like giving a solo push to the guy who was not like I know he he had to retire early and I, that sucks, but he was not the better of the two. He was just the guy who tagged in Chad Gable. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, and then Gable went and got himself another one of those named Otis. Yeah, no, I was going to say, he's got, like, they just sent Gable, who is legitimately extremely talented, they sent him into another and game. And you wouldn't know game. that unless you see his stuff, like, him by himself, but you never do. Yep. Sucks. Uh, by I the way, like, the, I think it was Triple H's first ever Raw, where he had uh, Gable versus Kevin Owens. I'm like, man, that was his coming out party. And then right back to mediocrity. Yep. <sighs> but anyway, uh, expect me, right? Sign- <laughs> they'll expect that or they expect that he will sign soon uh which uh, uh the same goes for takamishinoku all right that one panned out uh, i one. guess the signing panned out but i don't know if he panned out well yeah you gotta you gotta be descriptive with your terms here well it panned out that he signed with the company for sure but he'd be there for a other while. than like massive success like wins and stuff he would go on and do quite a bit there to be fair there was there were some people that they like these international signings. They're like, OMG, we got this person from this company, and they did big like they did that for Taka, uh, they did it for Sinkara, I think they did it for Io Shirai and uh, Asuka. Uh, As- did okay, yeah, they did it for Asuka. What was Kyrie Sane? I think they did it with like the women that it, Ray, that Ray Mysterio fella. Did they? Well, they they did the, yeah, they did the stuff for like the the coming soon stuff for for Mysterio. But I'm talking like, hey, we have this great signing from this other company in another country, whatever. <laughs> like it, it wasn't just like a. I mean, they've done that with indie people where they're like, hey, we got this indie star, whatever, and you know they bring him in and treat him like a big deal. But I'm talking like, you remember when they were like, oh, their newspaper article, so and so is coming in from you know another country, whatever. They they did that hardcore with Taka. They did it with with Sinkara, like he was going to be the second coming of Jesus or something, and it just that did not pan out. Taka, he did some stuff. He was a was he ever a tag champion? I don't remember. Taka, no, I don't think so. Okay, uh, I know he's multi time light heavyweight champion, and probably uh, I think he was only one time champion, and probably uh, uh, hardcore champion because really? everybody was. But yeah, so I don't know. I mean. He had more longevity than most of the other Japanese guys who signed with him at the time. Not as much as Funaki, who would have called that, by the way. But Yeah, right. Funaki is like the last man standing from uh, the original Kayentai. And no disrespect, but how? Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. I believe he's still there, by the way, doing the Japanese commentary, I believe. Yeah, well, I don't understand how you keep him around, but you let go dick to go. Like... <laughs> I'll never understand that one. 
But <sighs> anyway, uh, that's actually a good segue because I like my dick go- for here. <laughs> exactly. Uh, do you want dick to go? Uh, no, I'll eat it here. Thank you. <laughs> uh, you guys anyway. have a you guys have a restaurant over there. I don't know how if it's international or not or a uh, nationwide or not. Do you have, you have a place called Togo's? Uh, that's funny. Oh, 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 no, 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 we don't. Not that okay, because that we have that here, so it's a sandwich shop. But every time I pass by, I think of Dick to go. <laughs> of course, uh, so, I hate Bruce Pritchard for that. There is a uh, uh, that that's actually a good segue though, because let's go to Japan. Yeah. No, <laughs> you're still not hot to it, hey? Huh? No, huh. you can use like Tajiri's theme or something. Uh, nah, gotta, gotta, gotta hit him with a little bit of that. Come on. Stereotypical. Sounds like a samurai's about to enter the room. Well, she used like the Street Fighter theme or something. Nah, you gotta hit because like I said, it sounds like a samurai's about to enter the room, man. And he's about to choppy choppy you pee pee. Anyway. Uh, the, new pri- <laughs> the new Pride promotion in Japan, which will feature Nabuhiko Takata versus Hicks and Gracie. You know, the five-star fight. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> has also signed UFC Gracie fighters. Gracie is a Brazilian, though. You sure? Yes. <laughs> uh, has also signed UFC fighters Dan Severn and Gary Goodrich, or Goodridge, excuse me, to fight on the show. This has thrown. Oh, UFC's I forgot all about Gary Goodrich. This has thrown UFC's next pay per view, which was to be headlined by Severn in six days, uh, into chaos. UFC had met with Pride to discuss helping each other, but UFC now feels like Pride then turned around and stabbed them in the back. If Severn gets injured in the fight, it would destroy UFC's pay-per-view main event six days before the show. By the way, that's exactly we'll buy him later. That's exactly what happened, though. Severn got injured in the Pride fight, and he had to pull out of UFC. Uh, so, in the main event, that's just another uh, Saturday night every year, every t- every week here nowadays. So. Yeah, right. Well, so in the in the event that Severn is hurt, UFC is putting together a backup plan just in case, and it's a good thing that they did. Probably what was the backup no, plan? I, I was about to say I have no clue. Uh, I'm going to assume it was Ken Shamrock. Uh, let's see. UFC 1997 pay-per-view. Oh, uh, like UFC 16 or something like that. Yeah, let me see. February, October. This would be October. So it'd be UFC 15 collision course. What was the main event? Give me a second here. It is... Okay, so main event was Maurice Smith defeating Tank Abbott. That was the backup plan? Because I assume that seven was the main event. Well, the other, the other two fights were uh, Mark Kerr defeating Dwayne, K- Dwayne Kaysen and Randy Couture defeating Vitor Belfort. So, Vitor, yeah, Bel- Vitor and Couture, you said? Yeah. Was that the one where Couture beat him? Yeah, uh, via TKO. Yeah. That was that famous barrage of punches. That was the first time he's ever been stopped. Wow. Yeah, Mark Kerr was basically unstoppable. By the way, Mark Kerr fought twice on this night and won both fights. First one, he beat Greg, Greg Stott, and the second one, he beat Dwayne Kaysen in the co-main event. Hmm. Uh, Dwayne also fought twice in that night. Uh, well, he won his toy with that a couple of years ago, and then King Mo got hurt in the first fight, and he had to cancel the second fight, thus losing a whole fight. So I don't, don't think it's smart to be doing that. No, I never liked that one night fight tournament thing. It's like, yeah, I mean, that kind of crap. I feel like that happened all the time. Somebody was always hurt or, you know, the second fight is never going to be as good. 
because the guys are gassed and beaten to hell. Well, unless you know. got like Anderson Silver or something, so it never gets touched you know, when it's prime. Right. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's just uh, it's a weird card, man. But that was UFC 15 collision course for all of you out there. Anyway, so there are rumors that Nobuhiko Takata may be, dealing with, <laughs> may be dealing with some sort of stomach injury only a week away from his big pride fight against Hicks and Gracie. However, there's... I'm proud of you spe- for pronouncing that right. Yeah, I found out years ago the, uh, the R is an H. It's, uh, uh, what are this? Portuguese is weird, man. But, however... It's like Spanish's a- little brother. Right. There's also speculation that he may be faking the injury in advance so that he will have an excuse if slash when Gracie kicks his ass. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, if your last yeah. name is Gracie, you've already automatically won the fight. For the most part. Right. Remember there was that one uh, th- there was that one Wrestle Kingdom that we reviewed that there were two Gracies that had a tag match on there and it was awful. You remember that? I do. I can't remember. Did we, I think we uh, assured you that it doesn't roll over to wrestling very well. Right. Was and it doesn't go the other way very well either. I see a punk. But... Yeah, right. Uh, was the one Hickson that was in that match? I don't even remember which Gracie it was. Then. I really don't remember. I know it was two that were, like, not the famous ones, but... Did you ever yeah, hear that story been... about when the guy broke into a house in L.A. and he's walking around acting like he's going to rob everyone and found out it was the Gracie house? <laughs> Good Lord. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Uh, Imagine that. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a <laughs> hell of a surprise. That's like in Cincinnati. These, Please just uh, shoot me, because you guys do a lot more bodily harm than me physically with your hands. Just yeah, right. It. This one isn't necessarily like a, a physical like uh, t- if anybody knows this, this is kind of Reddit language. There, there's a forum on Reddit called uh, Today I F***ed Up. And there is there is a famous yeah, thing down. I woke up. Yeah, uh, there is a there was a famous thing down in Cincinnati a couple of years ago where these people broke into this gated house and was going to hold them up. They they it was an older couple. They tied them up held him at ransom and like tried to rob him, whatever. Well, the woman was a district judge and the husband was a prosecutor in the County for years. So um, needless to say, them guys are fucked <sighs> either way. Uh, by the way, it was Russell kingdom eight now in the archives and it was Daniel and, and holes, Gracie holes hole. I think it was holes. R O because. I don't want to just disrespect anyone by laughing at their names, so we're going to go with Holes. <laughs> holes. <laughs> anyway. That was a great movie. Yeah, right. I'm tired of this, Grandpa. Well, that's too damn bad. <laughs> Why is that the lie you remember? Because <laughs> that's been a thing online in the last couple of months. That's become <laughs> the new thing that people have dug up and made a meme out of. <laughs> anyway. Uh, FMW in Japan drew one of their largest crowds in company history thanks to help from the WWF and All Japan Pro Wrestling. Shocker. Well, thanks to WWF. I don't think All Japan Pro Wrestling. Over in Japan, they were the number one company at this time, so it helped. It, that definitely helped them a bit. Well, fast, forward, fast forward to now. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, it's a completely different story now. <laughs> Nobody gives a crap, but at the time, yeah. But the shows I don't follow somewhere. Japanese wrestling, so I just assume no one ever gave a crap, and they were just holding on like Impact does today. But New Japan was like the uh, like 
the no like number two, sometimes number three organization over there for the longest time until uh So Impact. Yeah. Well and then now they like skyrocketed, they leapfrogged everybody. Unfortunately, uh with Pro Wrestling Noah, their downfall happened when uh, Mizawa died. With all Japan, the, the Babas died, and then uh yeah, I don't know what the hell is going on over there now. But either way, the show be like WCW would just have the show die. Yeah. But the show drew somewhere between 40 to 50,000 people, depending on who you believe. Uh, I will believe the company. I mean, they have the numbers, but. Yeah, right. I don't know if I believe Uncle Dave and his gender crew giving him the inside scoop. Well, I had a clicker on the one side of the building, and what it looked like to me, I did a quick head count. What it looked like to me was. Shut the f*** up, Dave! Anyway. (laughs) Oh, man. But along with. All the usual FMW matches. The show also featured Ken Shamrock versus Vader in a worked shoot style Ultimate Fight Rules cage match. Oh, good lord! Like seven hats on hats there. Yeah, right. Well, it is FMW. Can you say that one more time, please? The name of the match. It was a shoot style Ultimate Fight Rules cage match. I guess if you Uh, if you really focus on it's just one. It's just an MMA match. Okay. Right. Uh, but however, uh, Shamrock, is, Shamrock is still dealing with lung issues, and on a bump early in the match, when Vader powerbombed him, Shamrock began coughing up blood again. So that was a legit injury, by the way, if anybody from that era didn't I know. I think that's how he left WWE when Jericho did that to him. Oh, really? I feel like this last time we ever seen him, he was coughing up blood. After, I think it was a He's double powerbomb. forever, bro. Might have been through a table, too, I don't remember. But. He's like, now I'm going to go and uh, work for TNA and... Uh, win their ti- win the NWA title. Huh. Give us some butts in the seats. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I uh, like Shamrock before he says anything, but let's be real. Right. Yeah. He and I had a but, long conversation in New Orleans about him never being WWE champion. Do you remember that? I remember you talking to him. I don't know. what, I, And I know you said you brought up uh, him fighting Tito and him basically saying yeah. Tito's in way better shape. <laughs> and I brought up him fighting Horse Gracie a couple of years ago in Bellator. Well, I think he won that nice. fight after getting knocked in the nuts, and they didn't call it. Damn. Uh, I, hey, that pissed me off, too. But WWF representative Bruce Pritchard was at ringside and immediately called for the men to finish the match because they don't want Shamrock getting hurt on a non-WWF show. Well, yeah. By the way, why was... Selfish, I don't know if, man. Yeah. I don't know if this was the time, but you remember I told you about there was a time when... They worked with, it might have been FMW or one of them over there, and Bruce Pritchard accompanied The Undertaker to the ring. So, I don't know if this was the same tour or what, but anyway, so the match was stopped while doctors rushed to check on Shamrock. Word is that FMW paid around $100,000 to be able to use both Shamrock and Vader on the show. Well, uh, Vader's a huge thing in Japan, so I can believe that. Yeah, and I mean, Shamrock is too because of uh, Pencrase. Because that's actually where he got started in wrestling. So I'm assuming he was a big draw, too. Because at first I'm thinking about it, I'm like, look, I like Vader, I like Shamrock, but why were those the two? But what you just brought up, yeah, I I didn't think about it. Vader and Shamrock are big deals over there. But also at the event, All Japan Pro Wrestlers, or All Japan Pro Wrestling Wrestlers stole the show with Kenta Kobashi and I'm just going to say uh, Manukea Mossman. Never heard of him. Versus Hayabusa and Jensei Shinzaki, or uh, who the hell was he over here? 
had uh, Hakushi. That was it. Jensei Shinzaki is Hakushi, for anybody that doesn't know. It was, anyway, uh, it was a tag match. He was uh, teaming with Hayabusa. <laughs> but they had what many call one of the greatest wrestling matches of all time. Wow. I just throwing out that candy in any generation, huh? Yep. Uncle Dave says that he has never seen care. the match. He says he's never seen the match, so he's getting this information secondhand. Wow. So that means, so he has a Japanese fanboy over there going, Oh, it was uh, the greatest match I've ever seen. Five a star in Tokyo Dome. That Just for anyone listening, that's not Greg speaking. <laughs> I don't, is that racist? I don't even know. I don't know, and I ain't touching it. <laughs> Anybody's listening and gets pissed off about it, like, I didn't say anything offensive, okay? So you can all F off. Write me in purple crayon. I'm still working on getting that P.O. box set up, so you can all send me your purple crayon written, handwritten letters. No, just give me your address. I'll send it to your house. Oh, yeah, right. Because yeah, I want uh, B.O. smelling nerds showing up at my front door. It was the worst match ever. I will only watch <laughs> it three more times. Today. Today. What if anyone will get that reference? <laughs> I have a Kenny Omega Ultimate Figure Mint in Box signed, signed. by the man himself and Don Callis. What I would love to do one day just for fun. Take a Kenny Omega figure and get Dave Meltzer to sign it. <laughs> sign it. Uh, 69 me, Kenny. <laughs> love Dave Meltzer. I saw what you and Callis did. I thought that was our thing, man. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, he wanted to be the other guy in that beefcakes uh, painting. Not Don Callis. Anyway. Uh, dude, can you imagine if instead of Don Callis, they got Dave Meltzer to be his mouthpiece? Be like, well, you see, actually, it's um, it's all uh, like, you know, uh, Kenny's gonna have this, this, uh, it's, it's like, it's, it's gonna be like, you know, <laughs> he's like, you're on an episode of Friends with Russ. He goes, he yeah. takes like, uh, uh, like, I don't know, like, like, uh, um, a week to get out of sentence, <laughs> right? Shut the fuck up, Dave. <laughs> it's like pretty annoying, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did I did I ever tell you? Uh, that's my wife's least favorite character on all of Friends. She said she absolutely hates when he walks into the room. She's like, he's so annoying. There's like, no he's Chandler, just... but you gotta give it to him. <laughs> he does add something. She's like, he's so annoying, and he's just, like, depressing. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's no what's funny no about bitching, it. too. Yeah, right. I, I just love when he walks in the room. Like, you just gotta prepare yourself as soon as he walks in. Hi. <laughs> Very first episode where Joey's like, this guy says hello, I want to kill myself. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> he set the tone right there, dude. <laughs> yep. Uh, keeping on with this, uh, this, this guy right here. At Sushi Onita is still claiming that he's working with the WWF to attempt to do one of his exploding ring bomb matches in the United States. Oh, my God. Can you imagine if they did something like that in the United States? Crazy. Bro. Anyway. Anyway, Onita has had this dream for more than a year, but as of yet, it hasn't taken place. If it does, it will almost certainly have to be on an, at an outdoor arena because Uncle Dave doesn't think that any of the major indoor arenas that WWF runs will allow that to happen. Well, not yet. Uh, oh, plus, the, uh, plus, the WWF is strongly against running outdoor arenas due to the potential weather and lighting issues. Oh, well then. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna change your tune on that. Too sweet. 
uh, I guess it happens it kind of down the road. It's not like anytime soon, I guess. But what was the first outdoor show you remember them running after like this era? WWE? I mean, yeah. I'm thinking, I mean, WrestleMania 19 this was 90, comes to mind. This is WrestleMania. That was in, oh, I was, that could be either or. I don't know if they had the roof retracted or not, but uh, yeah. WrestleMania 24 was outdoors. That might have been the next one, actually. Yeah, I don't remember. Uh, I, I obviously I WrestleMania, WrestleMania 24. Yeah, because I obviously WrestleMania 9 was outdoors. Uh, WrestleMania 7 was supposed to be outdoors, but was not. But yeah, WrestleMania or 6 wait, wait. was could have been outdoors, but again, retractable roof. But yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna rest on 24. I think that was the next outdoor one. Now, damn near every WrestleMania is outdoors, except. Ironically enough, the one WrestleMania I've been to uh, was indoors, and then uh, this one, the the SummerSlam we're going or well went to, that one is right. That one's at a football field, but that's indoors. So, and I don't believe it's retractable roof either. No, no, not in uh, not in Detroit, but out of Japan now. An indie MMA show in Canada was scheduled to air on Canadian pay-per-view this week, but was canceled after a bunch of backlash from the usual people who are trying to kill the sport. Olympic gold medalist Kurt Angle was scheduled to be one of the judges, but now that show is canceled, so that won't be happening. Yeah, I'm assuming since this took place in Canada, it wasn't like the typical American politicians that were going after it. So I... I oh, it was the, uh, what were they called? The Prime Minister, right? What were they called over there? Yeah, Prime Minister and their... Uh, uh, Parliament. Now, that's the name of their government. Yeah, because you all bowed to the Queen years ago. How about that? Canada, America's hat up there. Anyway. Uh, well, you want to talk about, uh, you know, we're, we're going from FMW to, to this here. It's time for one of your favorite segments. This week in ECW. If I may, sir. I shall air dry, bitch. <laughs> Uh, it's the Jew, so anyway. his words. Did you ever hear? I take a sidebar, but I just heard like him do a, a Mick Foley impression the other day. Have you heard that? I have not. It's like it's spot on. Like it was great. Uh, the crowd. Like, that you should have heard Corey Graves doing uh, Ludwig Kaiser's uh, I, I did. voice. <laughs> was, Twitter blew up. <laughs> right. I thought it was really him on commentary. Yeah, right. When he first started talking, I was like, wait, he's in the ring. What is that? I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, I'm like, holy crap. People were like commenting. They're like, dude, he's got to be on something at this point. <laughs> like, that was great. But uh, yeah, he well, what he was doing the impression for was he was talking about when uh, when Mick came to him and he was like, uh, I want to I want to do like an anti extreme thing where I'm like anti ECW. He's like, what can I, okay, I remember can that? I yeah, he's like, what can I not say? And he's like, what can you not say? He's like, it's ECW. You have no barriers. He's like, say whatever you want. Just draw me money. And he was like, all right, well, I'm going to go pretty hard. <laughs> he's like, go for it. If anybody, remember, well, if anybody remembers, uh, he would come out in like airbrushed T-shirts with like uh, like Eric Bischoff in caricature form airbrushed on his shirt. <laughs> and uh, oh, yeah, Jerry Lawler draw it. Yeah. And then uh, he would have... Um, what was it like? For, oh, yeah. One shirt said, forgive me, Uncle Eric. <laughs> Stuff like that. It was great. But anyway, more sad news here. The, fam- the family of Eric Kulas 
have pressed charges against New Jack for assault and battery and assault with a deadly weapon stemming from the mass transit incident last November. However, the charges have already been thrown out, and it was deemed that the case would be better served as a civil suit rather than with criminal charges. Kulas family hasn't filed a civil suit against ECW yet, but it's expected that they will soon. Ah, man. That sucks. If anybody goes back, this is on the New Jack episode of Dark Side of the Ring. Dude, New Jack tears that dude up with a scalpel. And didn't he lose feeling in like half of his face? I think I heard that on the Dark Side of the Ring, yeah. Yeah. Extremely effed up. I don't remember if New Jack got away with it. Because they said that uh, Eric Kulas lied, so they weren't holding New Jack accountable. Or yeah, because he falsified his stuff, right? Yeah, so that's why I guess they said no criminal charges were filed. I don't know. I, he... I don't think they should have been. I mean, you have to be on their side on this one. And yeah, you go back I... and look; he did not look like a seventeen-year-old kid. Right. Yeah, and then well, it's kind of like uh, speaking of Dark Side of the Ring, the Abdullah the Butcher episode where that Hannibal guy took a. I, I remember when this went viral. Uh, when they show that video, he took that spike to that referee's head and like tore his ass up. Yeah, I, I don't think he got any charges for that either. He probably should have, but he didn't. Either way, both Tommy Dreamer and the Sandman have been unable to work recent ECW shows due to injury. Dreamer has a deep heel bruise and banged up shoulder. Uh, no, Sandman, he's a face. wow. Uh, Sandman's back injury still hasn't healed. But they did an angle where Sabu threw fire in his face to explain why he's not wrestling, and he came out with bandages on his eyes. <sighs> fire and wrestling always go together really well. Yeah, like but lamb and tuna fish. Lamb and tuna fish? Or spaghetti meatballs, if you like that analogy better. Yeah, considering we're in America, if you don't like that, get the hell out. <laughs> we haven't got it's that classic. one on the show in a while. <laughs> But speaking of eyes, even though it's Italian, yeah, right. (laughs) I just had spaghetti meatballs last night. Good stuff. Good crap, pal. But speaking of eyes, Sabu recently suffered a detached retina and was told that he'd need surgery. But in typical Sabu, I'm shocked. uh, Yeah, but in typical Sabu fashion, he's wearing an eye patch until match time, then taking it off and going to wrestle anyway. Could wrestle with it on, huh? So PCO is more tough than you. My thing is, like, it's not going to heal itself, man. If your retina becomes detached, that's not just going to go away. You need surgery. Good God. It's, it's going to walk just, off. Yeah, right. Can't just rub some dirt in it or, uh, you know, walk it off or use crazy glue. Like, you, it's something that needs to be fixed with surgery, like surgically. Well, we know he's uh, against using uh, crazy glue to fix wounds, so. Yeah. Uh, go to the hospital. Pfft, I'll just glue it. Like that sounds like the most redneck thing I've ever heard. By the way, <laughs> screw them doctors. I'm just gonna duct tape it. <laughs> That's redneck chrome right there. But at a recent ECW show, Bam Bam Bigelow threw Spike Dudley into the crowd from the ring, similar to the spot that he did at the last pay per view. But this time, the fans picked up Spike and body surfed him around the entire arena. I remember that. Dude, he's lucky that he didn't just wipe out a crap ton of fans and then they all came back and sued. Like, why would, why is Paul Heyman like, yes, keep chucking humans into the crowd? 
Even Tony Khan is like, what the fuck? <laughs> now, like, AEW just had rules for their last blood and guts about don't throw crap into the crowd. I mean, that shouldn't need to be said. Does that include human bodies? Yeah. Well, look, I didn't throw an inanimate object into the crowd. All right. I mean, it's like a full-size human. And, and he's wow. a little guy. Full-size? It's like calling you a full-size human. I'm, I'm, a, I'm fully grown. So, I mean, it is, you know... A little, a little sure. I'll give you that. I'm between I'm between Hornswoggle and MJF. I'd say somewhere in there. But yeah, they like he just picked up Spike Dudley and just chucked his ass at people. And That's for what, cool. by the way? Because he's hardcore. He's hardcore. Uh, speaking of that, Terry Funk was inducted into the West Texas A&M Schools Hall of Fame. He was a oh, lineman. That was his speech, by the way. Uh, <laughs> I almost didn't make it because my horse was sick. God dang it, Cactus, if he dies in that ring, you're going to pull his carcass on top of you for the three count. Apparently that was something he said to uh, Mick Foley when, when he was a rookie taking on Ron Simmons. <laughs> Terry, <You> know, Terry, <laughs> uh, it, Terry Funk literally told him, he said, if he dies in that ring, you're going to drag his ass on top of you for the three. <laughs> I was reading an old review from Brian Zane. I, I don't know which match the show it was. It was Terry Funk and somebody in a hardcore match in WCW. Remember that great division? Yeah. I, I, like, I remember this, this happening, but I don't remember this part happening. There's a scene, this part where they, they fight in a barn. Yes. Right next to a horse, and the horse kicks him in the face. He, yeah, he back kicks him, and he yeah, stands I, like a stupid I horse never, and sucks. I've never him. seen that until that review. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I never seen it either. Well, and the thing is, like, I'm telling everybody now, I don't care how tough you are, you get back kicked by a horse, that might put your ass down. All right. Terry Funk stood up, said, stupid horse, and freaking cold cocked him. I'm like, you punched a horse. Like, what the hell? And he takes days off for the horse getting sick. Yeah, right. So maybe he's allowed to do that for that reason. I don't know. I was told for anybody out there, my, my wife works in veterinary medicine and she volunteered at some like horse barn before. Uh, they did say horses have like very like thick, tough heads and skulls or whatever. So they said sometimes like if a horse is getting like rowdy and coming at you, like just freaking punch him or, you know, hit him because <laughs> they said that like it doesn't hurt him, but it'll let him know. It's like, whoa, yeah, well, well, what, what if you anger them? Apparently that throws him off. So it, it, it doesn't. Uh, I tried it. Yeah. Well, this well, this one girl said uh, this horse just like came charging at her, and she wasn't going to get out of the the uh, the corral in time. She picked up the feed bucket and whacked it upside the head, and then jumped out. <laughs> I don't uh, know that I could do that. That'd be rough. Well, if I had a charging horse coming at me, I'd be like, ah! And I'd freaking if I had a feed bucket in my hand, you better believe I'm smacking it. I used I used to hate myself for accidentally stepping on my dog's tail. Yeah, I, I mean it would suck, but at the same time, they they said its head is so so is so hard. Like it really doesn't feel it. Like there's no way a human punching it could actually hurt it. So it's gonna hurt you more than them. But still, it's it's kind of funny. Like I don't think he punched it in the head. By the way, I think uh, I think Terry Funk like punched its ass or something. Of course, <laughs> Which makes it did. funnier. Uh, but anyway, uh, Funk was a lineman for the school's football team in the 1960s. Terry joins his brother Dory, who was inducted several years ago. The Funk Brothers. The only brothers, by the way, who both held the NWA world title. They tell you that on no, this very no, show. Think, I'm pretty sure Archie's the only brother that ever held the NWA title. Mother of God. Well, he is. Moving on. Well, I guess Tyrus is one, too, so. Yeah. 
I don't think anyone's bragging about that. At least our truth was good. Hey, uh, Booker T thinks it uh, didn't didn't. Oh, I know. Booker T said uh, he would change the channel, didn't he? <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> Doesn't pass the airport test. <laughs> or the eye test. He definitely passed the airport yeah. test. You see that dude in the airport, you can't help but recognize him, but he's a yeah, large right. man. Exactly. But the story with Justin Credible slash Aldo Montoya is that he's still under WWF contract until August of 1998, but he's trying to get out of the deal so that he can sign with ECW. So far, WWF has not released him, but Paul Heyman they didn't is working have to make it happen. For, Aldo, for uh, the Portuguese Man of War? Yeah, he's getting tired of carrying Sean and Hunter's bags, man. But uh, WWF's concern is that... And, and apparently Xbox now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, here in a bit. Well, but he ain't, he, ain't there, he ain't back yet. <laughs> right. But WWF's concern is that they don't want to have a young talent like Credible leave the WWF, go to ECW and become a, a hot star, and then jump to WCW. Okay, that last part, I could understand. Oh, they don't want him, you know, getting... Let's not be value. a liberal star, by the way, but I guess he was one of their bigger stars. But like, Right. I could see that last part where they're like, well, we don't want him getting uh, recognizable, I'll say, and then going to the competition. But at the same time, you think he's going to be a quote-unquote hot star in ECW? He was the prettiest guppy in the ocean. I'll give him that. Yeah. At one, po- at one point. Well, by the time he was going in ECW, they had a handful of talent. There was like him, Rob Van Dam, I guess Tommy Dreamer, you could kind of throw in there, uh, Lance Storm. And uh, Steve Carino and Jerry Lynn, those are the ones off the top of my head. I guess to Jerry. Did you say the Sandman? He was one of their bigger ones, whether you like it or not. Uh, well, I was going to say he's, he was a he was a star, but I'm talking like talent. <laughs> oh, then <sighs> just say Lance Storm RVD and you're done. Hey, like I said, there was Jerry Lynn and uh, Justin Incredible was good. He he just had to have the I, right dance partner. I'll admit I forgot about Jerry Lynn. <laughs> yeah. Tommy Dreamer was okay. Again, he had to have the right dance partner. But, I don't know. Skipping over to WCW, though, Kevin Nash had surgery on his knee. <laughs> Go figure. Oh, there, there's another shocker. Yeah, th- this could literally right, be any time. Every time you speak today. Th- this could be any time. Like, literally any time in history. As of this recording, probably yesterday. <laughs> uh, but he's expected to be back around late November. Uh, we, we love Nash, by the way, if anyone says anything. Yeah, he's going to pull his quad uh, signing autographs at WrestleCon. God, I hope not. <laughs> uh, but speaking of somebody else, uh, fairly pushing, uh, pushing that old age here, Ric Flair is expected back in early November from something that isn't clear at this time. Uh, this might be the cosmetic face surgery. Uh, uh, I don't it? remember what it was, but he would come back, I believe. Was this when he took time off after Fall Brawl, or was that 98? Because um, I can't remember, because he had the, fa- the the cage slammed on his face. I think that was 98? Yeah, so this very this probably was due to the facial surgery, because that, that's actually swear, why... I could swear he wrestles Henning at Halloween Havoc, though. So I think he comes back before November. Yeah, so I think we did back. that. Yeah, he's, he's only out for a, a few weeks, because he... That's actually why they specifically had Hennig slam the cage door on his face uh, because he was getting some cosmetic facial surgery. And he, if he came back looking different, he wanted an excuse as to why they can be like, oh, my God, he had to have reconstructive surgery and whatever. So I will say that's a pretty good cover. Like, yeah, I, I don't hate it. But uh, Dean Malenko is suffering a back injury or suffered a back injury last week, rather. 
and has missed house shows ever since. He's got that. Yeah, well, he probably broke his back from helping Rey Mysterio carry the whole cruiserweight division. Yeah, I was going to say something along those lines. Yeah. And pretty soon he's going to transition to his uh, feud with Jericho, isn't he? Or is that already happening? No, that's coming uh, now in the archives. Bash the Beast 98. Your mother wears army boots. <laughs> but Scott Hall has been you're, on you and your brother look nothing alike because your dad was never around. So. Yeah, right. You ever wonder why you and your brother look nothing alike? <laughs> Uh, that was effed up. Scott Hall. Was he going Russo? Right. What even uh, that? Was, that was probably straight out of Jericho's own head. <laughs> but Scott Hall has been on crutches all week for some reason, but is still expected to work Halloween Havoc. The situation with Hall is suspicious because he reportedly had an argument with one of the WCW executives, and soon after, he mysteriously came down with an unexplainable back injury and showed up on crutches, uh, claiming that he couldn't work. Well, he's working all right, but, you know, not in the way that well, they he's working it. someone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, he's working Turner for that uh, 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 favored nations clause. Oh, man, that's one still breaks my heart that I didn't ever see him get his autograph or anything like that. Like, that's you were right obviously out the window. He was in New Orleans. Yeah, I, I vaguely remember it, but I like going back. Like, if I could go back, I would go out of my way to get his autograph, but. Yeah, it sucks. I flocked I do. to him and you flocked to Christian, just saying. Yeah, right. Well, I think I made the better choice. <laughs> I couldn't even get that out. Uh, I love Christian, by the way, which is why I went straight to him. Well, if you remember, I, 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 when, when you were waiting in line, I, I kind of horned in. I'm like, oh, I'm with him. So I bought my own ticket to meet him. Too. So I had to wait yeah. in the back of the line. <laughs> I like, by the way, how he had like different pictures you could choose for him to autograph. And the only title pictures he had was him holding the world's heavyweight title, the big gold. He didn't have one single picture of him from TNA. None. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay then. And he held the, NWA, the physical NWA title at one point, I believe, right? Yeah, that uh, 10 pounds yeah. of gold. The yeah. Lo- the I mean, I know, it doesn't globe. Mean, I know it means like less than dirt now, but still something proud to be holding. Yeah, it's the same belt that uh, was held by some of the greatest Biggest draws of all time. So, I know nobody watches hockey now, but it'd be cool to hold the Stanley Cup in your arms just once. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like uh, Kyle knows. What I mean, hockey Kyle. Yeah, uh, one of the five hundred Kyles we know uh, here Puckberg, in Puckberg, Kyle. Yeah, Shaggy. Shaggy Von Doom. Yep. Bill Goldberg wrestled his second match on Nitro, getting a quote upset win over the Barbarian, who looked oh, less than man. He upset with the big star. <laughs> right. Uh, who looked less than pleased about having to put him over. Goldberg has potential, but this match was bad. Uh, no, say it ain't so. He has potential to do what? He's never going to do much. Uh, yeah, Goldberg's just going to crap out right here. <laughs> <laughs> that Goldberg guy, he's not going anywhere. Who would care about a big Jewish monster? I don't know. But, is there any... Uh, does that have anything to do with Jewish... Uh, History? I don't know. <laughs> What's funny is... Uh, I'm sure there's a joke there to be had, but I don't know Jewish history, so... It's not like time, David and Goliath. Uh, next time uh, uh, Goldberg comes to the ring on his Chiron, it should just say famous Jewish wrestler, Bill Goldberg. <laughs> Legendary Jewish wrestler. Yes. <laughs> there you go. 
There you go. Dude, man. for as much crap as I give AEW, that's one of the greatest things they've ever done. Calling Barry Horowitz yeah. legendary. She was right. Yeah. That's legendary Catholic comedian uh, Chris Farley. Yeah. Uh, just to show how much of a disorganized mess WCW is lately, they have been airing ads for the next two months on house shows advertising the Four Horsemen versus the NWO. However, on Nitro this week, Rick Flair Flair disbanded the Horsemen, so that group is done. Now, all the promotional material and plans for the next two months of house show main events has to be scrapped and redone. So, going back to your earlier point. They'll be done for a year. Literally a year. I think September next year Next year will come back. So, like 11 months. I have a year. Okay, I'm wrong on that. And then we get the, I love when we get the famous uh, Ric Flair return promo. The, fire me! I'm already fired! Fire me! I'm already fired! Which makes no um. sense. <laughs> like, it, it was a cool moment, but like, you think, like, he's so worked up and yelling and turning red and spit, or, and, uh, he, like, bit And that's tongue. the third time of the show where you shocked the hell out of me or something. Yeah. I can't believe he's that. Like, he's fired up and turning red. And he, like, bit his tongue to the point of where he's bleeding, and then he drops that line about fire me. I'm already fired. Like what? Like if you're already fired, then why are you saying fire me? Ugh, whatever. So, Hey, remember this time in history, man, because nitro continues to kill raw in the ratings. In fact, this week after nitro went off the air, raw's second hour numbers actually decreased. The whole idea of changing raw time slots was that they would have a second hour unopposed with hopes that WCW fans would switch over to Raw after Nitro ended. You got that queued up again? Yeah, well, not only is that not happening, but Raw's normal viewers seem to be tuning out as well. Meanwhile, Nitro going head-to-head with both Raw and Monday Night Football is still doing phenomenal numbers. Yeah, Yeah, for uh, now. According to uh, Pritchard, they never worried about Monday Night Football because they had a set audience. I don't know how much I believe that, but yeah, I mean, you have to know there is a portion of your audience that, depending on the game, is going to watch that instead of Raw. Like, you have to account for that. Like, but saying, like the, oh, the Cowboys or the Steelers or something, you know, yeah, it's going to affect it. But Like when WWF or WWE, whatever, says, oh, we don't pay attention to so-and-so, you know, they're not competent. Like, you pay attention to everything. Like, I get trying to big dog everyone. Like, I, I understand that. But at the same time... You care. Even if it's a little bit, you care and you're paying attention. If you're not, then you're not doing business. Like exactly every company. Every company in the world pays attention to anybody who could even be somewhat construed as competition. I'm not saying you're uh, watching Except for Impact. Movie. Yeah. Uh, and, and I'm not saying like they're watching every little move that the other company makes, but you know what they're up to. Everybody's aware. That's exactly what he said. He said, he said I don't watch AEW, but I'm aware of what's going on. <laughs> yeah. It would be stupid not to. I'm aware that MJF's contract's coming up. I'm very aware of it. There are a lot of people on that show. Like, you mean to tell me, because I, like, no matter what anybody thinks of the quality of their shows, to say they have no talent would be a ridiculous statement. I would never say that, but. Yeah, they have a ton the of talent in AEW. Right. And, like, same thing with, I mean,. I don't like a lot of people in Impact, but they do have some talent there. That to say, are you that telling they, me you wouldn't want Ace Austin or Eddie Edwards in your company? 
Yeah. Well, those, those are the ones, obviously. But uh, there, there are other ones there, too, that it's like, really? You're not looking at any of these people? I mean, the fact that they had Mickey James come in with the Impact title shows that they pay a little bit of attention to, you know, who's there. It's like, you know, you're scouting. That's a really unfair example, though. She's a legend. So. I mean, that's, yeah, that's true. But it's like, you have to know who's there and what's going on. Because, you know who's like, there? don't get... Braden Walker. Knock, knock. Who's there? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's Braden Walker. I'm here to bash your brain. Oh, you set me up for that one, dick. <laughs> <laughs> Why wouldn't you want to remember Braden Walker and his historic run in WWECW? Especially that time anyway. we sent on the ramp with his hands on his hips. Exactly. Legendary stuff, man. He'll be in the Hall of Fame someday. Good crap, pal. <laughs> on Nitro a couple of weeks ago, they did an angle where Scott Hall beat up referee Mark Curtis. The angle was done to write Curtis, real name Brian Hildebrand, off of TV because he was recently diagnosed with stomach cancer. Oh, he, damn. So you mean that's the last thing he ever did on TV? I guess so. As he underwent a nearly five-hour surgery last week, in which they removed his spleen and much of his stomach. It's believed that the surgery was successful in removing all of the cancer, and he should be back to work as soon as he heals up. Sadly, this does not happen. He passed away about two years later. That sucks, man. Yeah, so we start with death, and this is our second-to-last story. It's, uh, yeah, kind of ending with death. I mean, he's not dead yet, but like I said, two years from now. And yeah, he had, apparently he was like the nicest guy ever, he had a ton of friends in the business. Yeah, he, apparently his funeral was like loaded. Yeah, people loved him. Uh, wasn't wasn't he? Oh no, I'm thinking of another referee. Never mind. Uh, but he was considered too small to be a wrestler. He actually trained to wrestle uh, under Dominic Danucci. He was in Mick Foley and uh, Shane Douglas's training class, so he was good friends with them. He Mick Foley's friends with everybody, right? I'll take I'll take away from that, but. I think he was a referee in Smoky Mountain for a while because him and Jim Cornette were good friends. Motherfucker! <laughs> gonna wear a turtle suit, baby! Ah, come out of a turtle sewer box. Gonna referee the midnight rock and roll. Can't get switch sweet stands. We're gonna get Calabong and the Ninja Turtle. Motherfucker! Anyway, uh, but yeah, he I was, think we covered it all. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, he he was. He was friends with a lot of people. Unfortunately, he couldn't do what he wanted to do and be a wrestler, but he was a referee. Everybody remembers, like... I would say I that's just as good. I'm not going to yeah. say how he felt. But. Yeah, and he was, like, the right size where it's, like, you could, you know, where I always say, oh, wrestlers, you know, uh, uh, wrestling referees are made out of glass because, you know, you breathe on them the wrong way and they're down for the next 10 minutes. Like, you could believe that with him because he was a little dude. So <laughs> he takes a bump and it looks like uh, he got just freaking walloped. And and then he's sitting there in WCW and Remy Stero comes in. He's probably getting pissed. I know I would have. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I think, well, I can't even say Rey Mysterio had a, had a physique at the time. Cause at the time he was skinny as crap. So, Hey, well, maybe he should have went down to Mexico. He would have had a better, uh, would have had a better shot. By the My way, speaking of the food down, there's a lot more fattening. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, uh, I, I don't know if, you saw this, but uh, Rey Mysterio's wife had actually posted something on social media, like posting pictures of her and Ray throughout the years. And there was a picture of like when they first met and she's like, oh, I was 15. You were 17 or something like that. She looked she's always looked older than him. But he I was like, wait a minute. He's 17. 
He looks seven. Like, good God. He was in a mask, and he still looked like a prepubescent child. And like uh, Anthony Bowens. <laughs> yeah. Dude, this was, I was just like, wow, man. I've never seen someone. I'm like, how? How? I've never seen someone age that slowly in my I entire would, life. I would say his son ages worse than him. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, I mean, he's got to think he's got the, he looks a lot like his dad. I will say that. He's got some of his mom's genes in there. So, you know, uh, she ages like normal people. Whereas Rey Mysterio is just a, a, a freak of nature. Not in a bad way. I think he got a hold of that uh, Billy Gunn's, whatever he's been on. Dude, Billy Gunn's looking at him like, dude, calm down. (laughs) (sighs) But anyway. I got a a random ass text from a mutual friend. He's probably going to hear this. He said, whatever the hell supplements Billy Gunn's on, I want some of those. (laughs) Yeah, right? (laughs) Yeah. Guy's pushing, what, 50? And he looks like that? Yeah. Go to hell, dude. How do you look that great? Good jeans, I guess. Now, he orders from uh, Good Ranchers. Uh, so he gets an American-made uh, or American-farmed meat from right here. Uh, so uh, shout-out to Good Ranchers. They do not sponsor the podcast, but uh, uh, if you could sponsor the podcast like you do every other podcast on Earth, that would be awesome. And I would be glad what? to eat your meat. Good Lord! <laughs> there you go. Anyway. You know what's funny? Last week on Dynamite, they were in Calgary. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're all wearing cowboy hats. I think Billy Gunn says something to the effect, "I don't. I'm not a cowboy anymore." <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> that really popped the hell out of me. <laughs> anymore, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, last story I got here, but I got to hit the stinger. We we haven't done this in a while, so I got to hit the stinger before we hit this last story. What the f- is this piece of? Sh- that is one big pile of. Sh- Ah, there you like go. Like song in WCW, I swear. Say what? That that the music he used. It sounds like the Z-Man song in WCW. <laughs> nice. Uh, but yes, this is this week's edition, and uh, we, like I said, we haven't done this in I, I swear a couple of months. But it is the return of that is one big pile of shit. And there is one specific person that uh, this segment is dedicated to. New York Post Washington. writer. New York Post writer Phil Mushnick wrote a column this week. I was wondering if you were going to mention this. Yep. Uh, Saying that Ted Turner should help all the children in the United States by canceling WCW. He criticized the company. That's not what I thought you were going to say. (laughs) He criticized the company for promoting physical abuse of women, sexual harassment, terrorism. Okay. Uh, You want to stay away from the daytime soap operas then. (laughs) Negative ethnic and racial stereotypes. Uh, see your last point, homophobia, vandalism, graphic violence, and worst of all, Dennis Rodman. <laughs> all that could be Dennis Rodman, though. Everything you just said. <laughs> right? Uh, well. Allegedly. <laughs> but Uncle Dave says that the abuse of women is more ECW. Sexual harassment. Yeah, I don't w- know where that's coming from in WCW at all. Yeah. Maybe right. the homophobia, too, huh? Uh, maybe Disco and Jacqueline is the only thing I can think of, but she kicked his ass. Right. So uh, sec- he says, whatever. he says the sexual harassment is more WWF. Okay. Maybe uh, he says terrorism is also more WWF. I, I don't get that one. Um, like, was it like Bret Hart? Dis- dis- dissing America. 
dude, I have no idea where this kid, like, no clue. Was he looking doing... at a glass ball in a 2005 with Mama Hassan, maybe? Yeah, I don't... yeah right. I was going to say, know. like, nobody at this time, I'm like, where did Phil Mushnick get terrorism? Who the hell is promoting terrorism on any show? <sighs> what, I, I guess it depends on your definition of terrorism, but whatever. Your anyway, columns? He says, racial stereotyping and is definitely more WWF. Uh, okay, we've seen the nation. Uh, homophobia seems to be toned down across the board lately, and graphic violence is definitely more ECW. Yeah, that's that's true. Well, yeah, we'll be getting that WWE here in, in the next year, but yeah, right. Talking about right now, I don't know what he's talking about there, but uh, the only thing he gives Mushnick credit for is Dennis Rodman, who, yes, is definitely more WCW than anything else. Well, yeah, he's. Popped up there quite a few times. Wait till next year. <laughs> They're really going to have him on the shows. And the year after that. Yeah, right. Now in the archives. Both of them. Yep. American yeah. Bash 98 and Road Wild 99, right? I think so. Unfortunately, but yes. Yeah, everybody go back and listen to Road Wild 99. That was a, uh, that was a show. It happened. Yeah. It exists. Yeah. Anyway. That does it for the news and notes. Uh, I guess it's time to dive into the event at hand here. I'll well, just, jump, well, just r- jump right to the Hell in a Cell because let's be real. That's all it is. <sighs> Wait, there's yeah. another match on here I kind of enjoyed, actually. I take that back. Yeah, we'll I got a feeling you'll agree with Right. We'll definitely get into all of it uh, on the other end of this break. Follow the Main Event Marks on Twitter and Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks and on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks Pod. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening and good night. My name is Thomas and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. yeah the mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. For we right? shared a room. Thought I knew your face. Yeah, we go movie. way back, mate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do, we do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The... Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, 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 well. What do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O... Hey, hey, it's all right. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the broadcast podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C, we spell it with a K. Sorry, mate. Take it easy. The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash main event marks podcast. Now, back to the show. And we're back. We're back! WWF Bad Blood in your house. This is actually in your house 18. Uh, the date, October 5th, 1997, at the Keel Center in St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, the attendance was 21,151. So, packed house for this one. Might be sold out. Hey, jam-packed you for one match. Yep. Don't kid yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, <clears throat> the people that couldn't be there in person clearly didn't give a damn because uh, the buy rate was 0.6. Which amounted to two hundred forty thousand buys. Did you ever watch the 
the Kane uh, documentary on the Peacock. He, no. he talks about he almost missed his show. <laughs> How? His car broke down. He couldn't get to the arena. Oh, my god. And yeah, he couldn't just pick up his cell phone back then. Yeah. Dude, this was... Man, you want to talk about almost snake bit, man. Right. Because yep. you had that, and then we'll get to it. But I didn't think much about it when I was young, because I'm like, you know, why would you? But that where he picks him up for the tombstone, he's like spinning around is because he said his mask came like, uh, like got jarred or whatever, and he couldn't see where hard cam was. That's funny when you find that stuff out later on. But well, I mean, he's no blue cane or anything. Shut the hell up. <laughs> I don't know why that was such a thing on Twitter for like two weeks. Like, who gives a crap? Some mud show brought out a guy in a blue cane outfit that has snow raining from the rafters. Ooh. Uh, uh, was I guess, it GCW? No, it was just some random like uh, indie show, I think. Uh, forgive me. I thought I was trying to make sense of that whole thing. Yeah. Well, and then uh, his like he kept doing these tweets like mocking Kane, like the real Kane and whatever. And Didn't apparently, he get suspended I, for it? yeah, I don't remember what the like. I don't know what exactly he said, but he got suspended. I don't know how. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what it was either because uh, a friend just randomly messaged me that hey, Blue Kane got suspended from Twitter. I'm like, what? And who cares? And do you have anything well, better to do than look this crap up? I had just seen it because like people were like tweeting about it, and I was like, huh? like of all the accounts, the only thing I'm like, did he start getting super political about it, or like what the hell? Because if anybody doesn't know, Kane is a politician now, so I don't freaking not know, just a politician, the devil's favorite politician. <laughs> well, it's like he's not, uh, he's not like impersonating anybody because he didn't say he was Kane from WWE. He said he's Blue Kane. He had videos at a indie show. He literally said, "I'm, you know, that he was not the other Kane." It makes sense, like even funnier, knowing the political affiliations that uh, the other one is Red Kane. <laughs> I, was, I swear, I was thinking that. I'm like, is that yeah, ironic? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, but uh, so it is the most 1997 thing ever that this show is sponsored by PlayStation. Yeah, and, it's only what two years old at this point. Uh, is it two years old in 97? I, th- I think Damn. I thought it came out in 95. I could have swore it was 1995. Let me look. It could, but it could have been. And PS1 launch. Uh, 1994. Wow. What? Well, December 94. So close to 95. Oh, wow. December 3rd, 1994. 28 years ago. Holy crap, man. I didn't get my first PlayStation until I probably about 97. I got mine in 1998. Yeah, I remember because I remember when we finally got a PlayStation, we got uh, Tekken 2, I think. And uh, I, whenever I think it, SmackDown hadn't come out yet, so we didn't get that one. But uh, Warzone, that was yet. it. Yeah, we got Warzone and uh, there was another one. Attitude. Those were the two games we got. I mean, that was later, obviously, like Warzone was like the first game they had for PlayStation, but that's another right one off. people look back on with uh, too much nostalgia because that was not good at the yeah. time. It was amazing, uh, not good. Believe me, not good. That's Red King. Yeah, yeah. but uh, right off the bat, Vince McMahon lets us know that Brian Pillman has died. So this is crazy to think about, by the way. But obviously, he 
we find out later he passed away at a hotel in Michigan. Uh, or, I'm sorry, Minnesota. And... Minnesota. So, so that's where he did pass away. But by the time we hear about it, they're doing a show in Missouri, uh, St. Louis, Missouri, about three, uh, almost four-hour drive away. I, had, I, I looked this up because I was curious. About a four-hour drive away from here is where Owen Hart died. And I think um, where Pillman died in Minnesota, isn't that where Eddie Guerrero died? Is it? Wow. I think so. You might be right. That's crazy how all this is connected. You gotta connect the dots, man. You see, it all starts to make sense. Two, two-thirds chance. Yeah, he started to look like that uh, Charlie Day meme where he's got all the, yeah. the lines running on the board. Yeah, it was uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Oh, my gosh. Jeez, man. It's, it's, God, it's so sad, ironic that those two died there and like that state's known for pumping out amazing wrestlers. Yeah, right. Damn. Oddly, really? oddly enough, uh, yeah, Minnesota, you want to you want a top wrestler in like the 80s, 90s, and mm, I'd even say maybe early 2000s. Minnesota was the place to go. Uh, or Calgary. Now, I don't, yeah, Calgary was another one. I don't know where, like if there's any specific place now, and I'm not going to say, obviously they're going to like, you know, the performance center or whatever to get training, but like there's not really like a hotbed. West Texas was another one that pumped out a lot of like, even if you didn't well, like some of the wrestling, big states, though. AWA, WCCW. Yeah, right. Because uh, I remember that that was Florida, a thing there for another one. Say what? Florida's another one. Yeah, Florida. Florida had a crap ton of them as well. Uh, but West Texas was always the one that, like, you know, the Funks. Uh, uh, I think that's where. Maybe that's where um, Dusty got started. I know uh, Dick Murdoch was from there. There were couple others that were from there that were like pretty big stars in the in the early days of wrestling or, or the territory days whatever and yeah minnesota was getting into the more modern era and yeah the lod and perfect and rude uh yeah hennig the Ganyas, uh well Vern. Know, perfect is hennig but yeah oh i didn't sorry i missed that <laughs> um i'm just trying to be a smart ass the anderson was arden from minnesota I think, mm, or maybe. at least Bill from there. Well, yeah, he's built from there, and uh, technically Flair's from there too, right? Yep, Flair's from there. Flair didn't do much in his career, but right, he's, you know, Barry, Barry Darso, uh, Barry Darso was at least from there, uh, I believe. So uh, Scott Norton. For those who don't know, his most famous thing he ever did was Repo Man. Just so you oh know. yeah, of course, it, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I got his autograph, by the way. Anyway. Uh, after the Nation of Domination and the Legion of Doom, speaking of which, come to the ring, we're told that, oh, uh, sidebar, uh, X-Pac was another one, came from there. But Jerry Lynn. Yeah. We can do uh, this all day. Told, exactly. We're told that Ken Shamrock was injured by a Farouk Spinebuster and won't be there tonight. But getting into the actual match here, it is the Nation of Domination, uh, represented by The Rock Actually, is he just Rocky Maivia no, still? No, he's not the Rock yet. Okay, so he's just Rocky Maivia still? Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's Rocky Maivia, Kama Mustafa, and D'Lo Brown taking on the LOD of Hawk and Animal in a handicap match. Goes almost 12 and a half minutes. The crowd, by the way, loses their ever-loving minds for the LOD. Like, this is like peak of There's their... The reason pop- to this day it's called the Road Warrior Pop. Exactly, dude. 21 over 21,000 fans 
on their feet, blowing the roof off for the LOD. I'm like, damn, you'd think this is like the late 80s, but nope, 1997. It was Bad Bunny in uh, Puerto Rico, for those of you who may not, just to give you an idea. <laughs> it's, uh, it's Puerto Rico when they heard, I spit in the face of people who don't want to be cool. <laughs> that one too. Yeah. Uh, I, I heard that pop. I was like, mother of God. Like, I've, Carlito has never gotten that kind of reaction ever. <laughs> That's another lucky ass that never ages, by the way. Yeah, right. But uh, he ages a hell of a lot better than his dad. I'll tell you that. <laughs> mom, his mom must have amazing genes. The dominant genes. Yeah, right. Uh, before the match starts. Hey, God does good work, too. Don't count him out. Uh, Hawk says that they're not backing down from a three on two situation. As, like I said, uh, Shamrock was supposed to be their partner, but he's not there. JR has to mention that, quote, the Rock's alma mater took it on the chin yesterday from Farouk's alma mater, Florida State. <laughs> like, who gives a shit? Like, he just had to insert that in there. Wait, <sighs> but tell me, that's his division, right? Oklahoma? Uh, maybe. I don't remember what. I think, maybe. That could be the reason. And not that you're not wrong. It's stupid, but uh, Florida State is in the uh, Atlanta Coast. Uh, oh, the ACC Atlanta Coast Conference. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. I knew that. I just didn't realize I knew that. He did this a lot back in still. Like, I, I forgot he still did that in WWE at least in this time. Because yeah. I remember watching an episode of Raw in '97. He's like, mm. he's like, he's like, oh, he lost. It's like the uh, Spurs did all year. Like, you have the first round pick tomorrow. No. No doubt they're going to pick young Tim Duncan from Wake Forest. I'm like, <laughs> like, wow. He wouldn't go on to be one of the all-time greats, but just he still did it for pro teams is my point. Uh, oh, Miami's in the ACC too, by the way. I just wanted to check that out. Um, no, yeah. no, never mind. never mind. I feel like this match went on way too long, by the way. Like, I know here. Yeah. It's, it's, I wrote it in capital letters. Won't ever end. Yeah, it's it like it says twelve and a half minutes, but I feel like it went on twenty plus minutes. Like it's just it never stopped. But at one point, Kama and Rock held down the animal for the lowdown, but animal still kicks out. Again, more moves must be done. Oh, man. Hawk gets a hot tag and comes in like a house on fire. Baruch ends up running out to distract the LOD, which leads to Hawk getting a kick a kick from Kama in the back of the head. Uh, the rock hits a rock bottom, and the nation wins. I gave this dose. What say you? I gave it two. It was just yeah. I just I said, come on, man, let's go. If well, I would have known what the next match was going to be, I would have gladly taken this a little bit longer. So. <laughs> How dare you? Uh, you're cutting them out of their little paychecks, man. But anyway, good lord, I didn't say it. <laughs> Uncle Dave didn't rate any of these matches except for the main event. Uh, I'm not going to crap on him here. Well, I'm not going to crap on him here just because he said, uh, apparently he was friends with Brian Pillman. So when he got the news, he said he just, he wasn't really into watching the show, which I get, but we go backstage with Sonny and doc Hendricks hyping up the WWF superstar hotline. Yay. But we now go to PSAs and the future felon. Yeah. One of these people are going to get a dark side of the ring episode about them. And it's not, Doc. <laughs> <laughs> what are you insinuating? Uh, uh, I don't know. Hey, look, 
it's never good when your own mother gets a restraining order against you. Just saying. But anyway, uh, we now go to Vince McMahon letting us know that Brian Pillman was found dead in his hotel room in Minnesota, where the WWF was just at. But that's all that they know at the time. He says they've scrambled a bit to replace Brian Pillman versus Dude Love and came up with the following match. Yes, it's a minis tag team match. And for the length of this match goes, they literally could have made two other matches a couple minutes longer and it would have filled it. Well, it's just a short match, Greg. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, and Jerry Lawler tells that a million times on commentary, which is the best part of this match, by the way. <sighs> Man, I, I know I'm using all the puns and the dad jokes or whatever, but come on, it's right there. But it is Mosaic and Tarantula versus Max Mini and Nova. In the minis tag team match. Yeah. yeah. It goes six minutes, 43 seconds. The crowd actually cheers pretty loudly for Max sure. Mini. Wow. Uh, yes. I gotta get one in. But the crowd actually cheers pretty loudly for Max Mini, which is the only one of these four guys any of them knows. But Max gets press slammed onto the commentary table by Tarantula at one point. Tarantula is the tallest out of all these guys, by the way. So he's like a whole four feet tall. I think he, I think it's Marco Stunt. I'm pretty sure it is. Good Lord. Cherry Lawler hates Max Mini because on a previous show, Max came up and <laughs> sat on his lap while wearing his crown. And then Come on, that was funny. <laughs> yeah. I like when he's complaining about that. And Jim Ross is like, you always got people over here sitting on your lap. And you complain now? He's like, well, not him. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, you know, the, the two that you want sitting in your lap in this... At this time, or Tarantula and Sunny, or Max, Max Mini, excuse me, and Sunny. Those are the two, right? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Oh man! But anyway, uh, getting back to this one. In the end, Max wins with a crucifix pin on Tarantula. This sucked. They were all out of sync. Uh, Uncle Dave, or I'm sorry, Uncle Dave didn't rate it. I gave it a star and a half. Let's say you. Yeah, I gave it one. It sucked. But anyway, you know, as far as like the, uh, the talent goes, they all came up a little bit short. Well, and you know what I was thinking during this match was who are all these fucking people? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. But after the match, Peter, Peter like I saw this match. Yeah. And said that, uh, you know, it was effing archaic. And, uh, I thought we were past all of this. Have I not done enough from my soapbox? Has he not done enough, Greg, to screw other people out of their jobs? Huh? He has to work harder. We have to do the work, Greg. You know, you know, you know how much, how much uh, it took for him to get the, the role of Idris the Dwarf? Yeah. Or to have I, that fun I, back and forth with uh, Will Ferrell and Elf? You know how much hard work favorite? that took? You had to overcome a lot for that. Well, my favorite hypocrite. was in the Chronicles of Narnia films. He played a dwarf. Like an actual like little dwarf with like prosthetic stuff on his face and all that stuff. So the thing he's fighting against, he played in a film. He's a jackass. Yeah. That's like doing blackface and then telling other people they're racist. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, sure. Anyway. Uh, but after the match, like a true babyface, Max Mini hits a running drop kick on Tarantula. 
Because you know you beat any him. match on this card needed an afterbirth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. That was just a it's just a short afterbirth, okay? Oh. All right, I think we got enough in. We need to move on. We're gonna get in trouble. Well, after I swear to God, I I didn't think about this when I wrote this note. I wrote this note this way, but I said after a short break, <laughs> uh, Sonny comes to the ring. No one seems to give a looking damn. By all the way. the way live. She yeah she she was definitely looking all the way live. If you notice, the crowd didn't give a damn. Like her music hits, and they're just like chattering amongst each other. <laughs> oh, if you're a guy, <laughs> like, man, you don't want to get out of your chair, anyways, right? But yeah. Uh, so uh, to go against everything you're saying, they're all the guys. Yeah. Well, maybe some girls. I don't know. Whatever. They're paying her the ultimate compliment. So look, I'm just gonna sit here for for a few more minutes. Don't ask why. <laughs> but she is the special guest ring announcer for the next match, and her ring announcements are just slightly above the quality of Roseanne singing the national anthem. <laughs> wow. She's no Samantha Urban. I'll, I'll tell you that. But uh, yeah, right. You know, it's funny. I was thinking about this. I had to go back and look, and I, I was like, I'm pretty sure. There was a time, I don't know if it was before or after, I'm pretty sure it was before, she was the referee for the minis matches. Oh my gosh. Did she wear a mini skirt? <laughs> no. Oh. Her really is... tight, tight, tight shorts. Yeah, the shorty shorts. There you go. Uh, you know, the same kind the guys wore in the 80s when working out. Ah, man. Kind of wear now when working out. <laughs> yeah, I always got to show a little cheek while I'm working out. Otherwise, it's just not a, a good enough workout for me. But this one is for the WWF World Tag Team titles. It's the headbangers of Mosh and Thrasher defending against the Godwins. Henry O. and Phineas I. Godwin. You know, hog and pig. Uh, with uh-huh. Uncle Uncle Cletus in their corner. Uncle fucking I'm going to say, by the way, I remember, I don't know why, but for some reason I always thought this was uh, uh, Dutch Mantel, but it's not. But no, in my it's head, cool. what? It's clearly T.L. Hopper. Is that who it was, man? Like, uh, that's what it looked like to me. I mean, I can I can Wikipedia it, it real here. quick. But yeah, let's see. T.L. Hopper. I can't believe Tony Anthony. Here we go. Uncle Cletus right there. Yep. I was right. Uh, wow. You're either going to be yeah. a, a plumber or a, uh, the guy an inbred the uncle these guys. Yeah, the guy from Deliverance telling you to squeal, boy. Anyway, this goes the hell's that well in the picture with him, by the way. On Wikipedia? Yeah. That's uh I think that's the dirty white girl. Because he was okay. the dirty white boy. So he had the dirty Sign white girl. Sign me up. Hell yeah. You mean to tell me he could get a girl like that? Bull crap. But uh yeah, this goes yeah, 12 minutes, 17 seconds. Was a plunger. Good lord. So you couldn't get much more like visibly different than these two teams. Like, good lord, you had the Arkansas hog farmer. Good old boys. Here's the thing, though they're they're both a white stereotype, but very different. Right. Hey, you had the the Arkansas hog farmer. Good old boys taking on the guys who look like they just came out of a Marilyn Manson concert. And can't wait to go back. Yeah. Right. Uh, this is the third tag match on this card, by the way. Got to point that out. And I didn't another... realize that. Yeah, right. And we're not done. This is another match. Oh, I'm looking ahead. On... I see another. I see another two. Yep. Wow. This goes on. 
You didn't catch that. Yeah, it's, Sorry, it's all effing tag matches all night long. But I don't know if you have this in your notes, man, but this is another one goes on way too damn long. You know what? I watched it and I was just so out of it. I didn't give a damn. At least with the mini smash, there's some kind of appeal there. Like this one, I'm like, ah, I don't care. Right. <sighs> this this blows. And the thing is, like, I've seen some headbanger matches that were pretty decent. Uh, I like Henry Godwin. Yeah, I think say I like Phineas. Hate the one on the last paper we watched, which was uh, Ground Zero. Now in the archives. Right. Uh, but this just blah, man. Everything on the night just felt blah. But in the end, well, Mosh I jumps. Mean, there's a big black cloud hanging over it, to be fair. I, yeah, I, I got to give him some grace for that one. But but Mosh jumps off the top rope into a sit-out powerbomb by Phineas for the title win. I gave it dose. What say you? I gave it one. I just didn't care. Yeah, it blowed or blue i should say <laughs> blowed did you notice that again the crowd was still sitting on their hands not giving a damn yep i know it's like they packed this house out and just uh nothing oh, like i said top of the show they came for one reason don't fool yourself <laughs> right well after the match because you know you need an afterbirth on this man uncle cletus <laughs> hits thrasher with a horseshoe you know all rednecks carry horseshoes <laughs> But, I don't know if you're joking or not, but <laughs> well, I know all middle-aged white guys from the Midwest, you know, have horseshoes in their backyard, but that's a different story. But the Godwins and Cletus beat the headbangers down until Howard Finkel announces that if they don't leave immediately, they will be stripped of the WWF tag team titles. Yeah, so they uh, they fuck off. Because you know the referee has that power. Yeah, right, dude. The rules of wrestling are weird, man. I just don't get a lot of this crap. But after seeing a highlight package of Stone Cold Steve Austin hitting stunners on everyone and talking about his messed up necks and SummerSlam, we now go to a... You wouldn't know post- that from this package, by the way. Right. Like, this guy has a semi-broken neck, really? Really? Yeah, right. Okay. We now go to a barely post-pubescent Michael Cole in the locker room. <laughs> this might have been his first show, by the way. Yeah, he looks like he's about 100 pounds soaking wet with bricks in his pocket. He's got spiky hair and just, uh, I'm like, wow, did you just, are, were you just able to grow that goatee? <laughs> but he calls over Owen Hart, who's carrying a Canadian flag and wearing an Owen 316 shirt. Owen says that Stone Cold will surrender the Intercontinental title, and if WWF officials don't keep Stone Cold away from him, he'll sue the World Wrestling Federation. Well, he might have to call up a certain... A Jewish guy in in Philadelphia, father lawyer, who who has himself a father who is also a lawyer, sir. Make sure that you move the trial to New York, where my father can practice law. But uh, probably now, Long Island. Yeah, uh, that's not real New York, damn it. <laughs> yeah. Although uh, I said that to some, yeah, right. I said that to uh, a friend of the show, uh, Rasslin Addicts. Uh, go check his show out. It's it starts with R. Rasslin addicts. He's uh, good peeps. Yes, I messaged him and uh, uh, he. We were talking about Long Island. And I said that's not real New York, and he said good. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, I can't argue with you there. I like how all New Yorkers have like the territorial things, but then they all unanimously hate Jersey. That always made me laugh. <laughs> yep. 
But we now go to Jim Ross in the ring, who's honoring Kansas City wrestling legends. He calls out Gene Kaniski before showing a highlight package for him. Next up is Jack Briscoe, who gets the same treatment. Sonny now joins Jim Ross in the ring before they call out Dory Funk Jr. Next is Harley Race. You know, who's the Texas guy. Yeah, right. Well, next is Harley Race, who gets cheered like a god. That one place. Okay. Yeah, right. I wonder if he got liquored up before coming out to the ring. Anyway. After driving uh, his boat. <laughs> yeah, right. Or apparently uh, with him while driving his boat. What's your signature? I'll move. <laughs> uh, but next out is Terry Funk. Finally, they call out promoters. Yeah, another Missouri boy. Yeah, right. Finally, they call out promoter Sam Mushnick. Coming out to the ring with a legendary not to, Lou. Not to be confused Fed. with that, uh, that jackass that we recently covered because they have no relation. Right, yeah. No, Phil Mushnick is not associated with, with Sam Mushnick. Sam was a legendary wrestling promoter who made a lot of money. Phil is a piece of shit. Who probably also makes a lot of money, to be fair. Yeah, hey, sometimes being a piece of shit make, you know, makes you some money, man. I will say that about, I don't know the guy personally, but judging off of the crap he puts online, I'm going to say that JD from NY, have you seen that guy floating around Twitter? I've seen a couple of our pod buddies re- retweet him at times. Re-X-ing, whatever the hell it's called now. <laughs> right. The guy is a douche. He's always been a douche. He's a complete piece of shit. But the thing is, he probably makes some good money because a lot of people listen to the garbage that he shovels. So, hey, man. I wouldn't even say Dave Meltzer's a piece of shit. He's a douche, but... Yeah, right. Yeah, he's a douchebag. But I don't know. I can't say, but the fact that he's from New York and the things that he says, all that goes against him. Multiple strikes. I'm going to say, what a piece of shit. Kind of high either way. He's JD from New York. We don't want to get him confused with JD from Florida or Texas or California or something, right? Yeah. Heaven forbid you be from a good state. Anyway. uh, (laughs) I didn't say it. I did. You can All at me. I named off, by the way, I've been to, and I did not mind them. But yeah, my uh, if if I ever move from Ohio, my list is like Tennessee and Florida. Those are the two. I've been to both of them. I like them both. Obviously, Florida is a lot hotter, but especially Miami. Uh, but, yeah, right. But what do you mean by hotter? Sorry. Uh, move yes. on. Move on. Okay. <laughs> uh, but uh, either way, Mushnick comes out with Luthez. Everyone gets plaques, and the crowd gives them standing ovations. There you I go. I feel like that was forced or something, dude, because I just feel like no one gave a damn. Uh, I don't know. I mean, some of them, like, I mean, they cheered the crap out of Sam Mushnick and Luthez. They cheered the hell out of uh, uh, Harley Race. Uh, you could tell they liked the Funks. I don't know if they were like... Okay, you know what? To be fair, maybe at this point, know. I'm just so out of it. Right. Because, man, this show has been dragging... They seemed like they cared, but uh, it's a good thing they did this kind of when they did, because if the show went on any longer, they probably wouldn't have given a damn. So it was at this point, I'm like, are like, they're not setting anything up. So what the hell is going on? Like, they're taking forever. Because up next, we get another. Forever. Yes. We get another Brian Pillman update from Vince McMahon. He says that no foul play was suspected, but authorities believe that it may have something to do with drugs. McMahon says that he won't know for another seven plus days when the toxicology reports come back in. And then he emphasizes that drugs are an issue with all forms of sports and entertainment. Good. Well, to this point grief. where I, I wrote down three things. Number one, he's clearly covering his ass because the whole trial years ago. Yeah. Uh, two, 
you know, I don't think it's anyone's damn business how it happened. I mean, the fact that he, the fact is he's dead. I mean, why do we got to know that part? Right. And number three, doing all this mid-show when we already know that he's gone, it makes it feel like an, like a storyline or something. Right. Yeah, it's, it this, was just, this was not necessary. It was just really weird. And you would take time out. It was, it was like, I mean, obviously this was much more serious, but it was like the Brawl for All stuff where it's like, let's take a, a break from the scripted bullshit to tell you about this real world stuff. Like, well, they, they worded that a little bit better, though. These guys are other elements, yeah. folks. Yeah. It's just, this is like, you keep giving like random updates like throughout the show. Like, I, I don't want to sound heartless, but dude, dude, the guy's dead. I mean, what, what updates are there? I know. We don't need to know play uh, by play. Well, they're examining the body. It's like, good God. Like, we get it. He's passed away. Like, okay, I guess it was a decent update where he said, well, no foul play was suspected. But it's like, come on, dude. Need- he was covering his ass for the steroid trial. That's why he said there were no drugs or anything like that. But come yeah. on. Be real. Well, and uh, even Uncle David wrote out about, he was like, he didn't really like what he was saying, but at the same time, he was like, I kind of understand it from his perspective. Why? Because he was like, he's about to face a, a huge shitstorm for this because, you know, a wrestler oh, yeah. died on his watch. Right. <laughs> and obviously it's not Vince's fault, but, and, and we find out. Oh, really but wait, but when, you're the, when you're the owner and someone dies and it could be drugs, like, how can we even test them? So it's not yep. his fault in theory, but well, it's like because, prescription. I, I think he was taking prescriptions, right? Yeah, like, but wasn't that well known? He was doing it for years because of his ankle. Yeah, so it was. It wasn't anything like that. Well, that's what my point was. Like, it wasn't anything that it would pop up in a in a P test. He'd be like, "Wow, you're you're doping." So I don't right. know. But always got to go right to that. But after Farouk and Owen Hart come to the ring for their match, Stone Cold Steve Austin comes out to a major pop. I know, spoiler, he's kind of over. And this guy is with partially a broken neck, by the way, but here he is. Again, you wouldn't right. really know it. Yep. <laughs> he's carrying the Intercontinental title with him. Commissioner Sergeant Slaughter is at ringside to maintain order. I, I think That's it's a nostalgia. <laughs> I, look, I, I know it's a nostalgia thing because it's when I first started watching wrestling. Like, everything that was going on then was always my favorite, whatever. But I loved Commissioner Slaughter. That was always like he was the commissioner. I remember. I'm sure you, you know, you probably finally remember like Gorilla and um, Jack Tunney and whatever. But, Jack Tunney for sure. Yeah, Gor- uh, Gorilla was around for uh, two years, maybe. Is the authority figure? Ninety five, ninety six, something like yeah. that. Yeah. And then Slaughter took over after that. But uh, you know who I think would have made a Slaughter great- was kind of an authority figure in ninety two, ninety three. People tend to forget that, but sort of like. He kind of did like what Adam Pierce does now. He was, but he wasn't. Yeah. Well, you know who I think would have made a, a great one that I, I'm like, why did you like, maybe he just didn't want to do it. I, I really don't know, but I think Bruce Pritchard would have been great in that role. As brother like, love. Ha- not yeah, Not as brother <laughs> love, like just as himself, but I mean, I, I know he did it in impact and I thought he was okay there, but he was there was more or less. I felt like he was just using that as an excuse to hawk his freaking podcast. He also got to uh, interact with Jim Cornette. <laughs> yeah, right. That was funny. I feel like they have a love-hate relationship. Like, Pritchard loves him, and he hates Pritchard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> There's a little mutual respect there at the same time, but yeah, what you said was spot on. But either way, Austin walks around, refusing to give up the title for a while. 
He finally sits next to Slaughter at ringside and actually rings the bell to start the match. After that, he puts on a headset and talks trash to Owen and Farouk on commentary for a little while. Not just English commentary. Yeah, he eventually goes over to (laughs) Spanish commentary, and then he goes over to French commentary. (laughs) Like, what the hell's going on? Dude, he was putting on a better show outside the ring than what was going on inside. Yeah, Uh, right? Great. By the way, this was the other match I was talking about that I actually kind of enjoyed at the beginning of the show. Yeah, it was all right. Yeah. Uh, Considering all the crap we've seen, this is amazing. Yeah, right. But, uh, yeah... This is Farouk versus Owen Hart for the WWF Intercontinental title. It goes seven minutes, 12 seconds. Near the end, Jim Neidhart rushes to the ring and distracts Sergeant Slaughter and the referee. Stone Cold then grabs the Intercontinental title and blasts Farouk in the head. This puts him down long enough for Owen to pin him for the title win. I gave this two stars. What say you? I gave it two as well, even though I kind of really enjoyed it. But Also, uh, this match was hella short. They no pun intended. They couldn't put more time on this and bump that that uh, miniatures match or minis match. Yeah, really. Uh, I know. Because you know these two. I, I guess these two were just decent wrestlers at best, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, I understand the you know wanting to put this a little later in the card, I guess. But at the same time, if they would have put this as the second match on the card or the even the first match out the gate, this could have been. Like I was that, gonna say this could have been the Grandi match, aka yeah. curtain jerking. Now on exactly. the marks YouTube. Yeah, yeah go subscribe. This would have been perfect. Yeah, if it, and the thing is, I feel like I would have liked it better if it opened the show. Because by the time we got to it, dude, I was like tapped out. I, I'm, I'm so with you on that. I was like, good lord, this show sucks. I'm only awake and watch this because I know what's coming. <laughs> yeah, I know. And it's the not the have... next match, by the way. Good now, lord. How dare you? <laughs> the next match is an eight-man tag match. It is... Los Mariquas of Savio Vega, Miguel Perez Jr., Jose Estrada Jr., and Jesus Castillo Jr. taking on the DOA of Crush, Chains, 8-Ball, and Skull. I did not see that or, coming. As I like to call it, the fake Undertaker, Kona Crush, and the Nazis. How dare you? Uh, yes, but that, that is... I'm sure those boys didn't like them, uh, the Mexican failures. Oh, we're Puerto Rican. Yeah. I don't matter. Yeah. I'll say no. That is correct. And for those who yeah. think I'm just hurling jokes, there are, are actually pictures of Skull and Ball wearing Nazi shirts on TV. And apparently they... That is not bullshit. Ta- yeah, apparently they had tattoos of it, too. So, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, oh, no wonder the DOA kept feuding with Los Bariquas and the Nation of Domination. I wonder why. Yeah, I never even piece that together until you just said that. Oh. We don't like your kind around these parts. Bet on, bet mind that Crush was part of the Crush was part of the the black group, and went over to yeah, the Nazi right. group. But I'm going to assume he didn't know they were that. So and remember, like, he was the first one to leave. He was the first one to leave that group. To be fair, sounds like you're describing prison, by the way, which uh, is where Crush was. But yeah, exactly. So it, it all fits. <laughs> yeah, he's probably like, this reminds me of prison. Oh. I tried to join the black gang, and uh, they didn't want me, so I joined the Nazis. Skinheads, <laughs> right? But this was sad. I didn't realize how much like race wars there were right here. Yeah, right. Like I knew about all the faction wars. Yeah, the the white guys, the Puerto Ricans, and the black group. Yikes, man! And the Canadians were another one. They were they weren't actually in it, but yeah, they got in it every once in a while. But this goes just over eleven, or excuse me, nine minutes. This was chaos, and I've seen this about a hundred times, so I didn't care. 
And it happens uh, again on the next pay-per-view. Tell me if I'm wrong here, because you would know better than I do, but Jesus Castillo Jr. looks like every Mexican father at a barbecue ever. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow. I know he's Puerto Rican, whatever. Okay, which, he looks like every Hispanic which dad. Which one's that one with the abnormal hair problem on his chest? Uh, that's uh, Jose Estrada, where he looks like he's wearing a sweater. Yeah. That's, I, the only reason I remember is because that's the one Edge faced in his debut, and he like they had to end the match early because he did that flip over the top rope, and like his leg came tomahawking down on top of his head, and it like knocked him for a loop. So that's the only reason I remember that one. And I obviously know who Savio is. Miguel is the other one. And then Jesus just looks like a middle-aged Puerto Rican father. Like, I don't know, man. I'm looking anyway. at all these guys. I'm like, why are you all here except for Savio? Why are you all here? Because those were the only Puerto Ricans they could find, I guess. I don't know. They wanted to give them Are a you group. telling me that Carlos Colon didn't have three guys he could send to them and help them out? These were probably the three guys. You tell me he didn't have three better ones? Not that he was willing to give up. I mean, we know he has uh, a couple of sons that are damn good, but they're not of age yet, probably. But yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, they're not, yeah, they're not there quite yet, but so there are a bunch I of near falls on this man. one. Crushing Savio had their working boots on, but this one did. <laughs> yeah, right. This was literally Savio, Crush, and the other guys. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not just saying that because I know who they both are. I thought they were both pretty good. It's like, yeah, ugh, man, this match though. Chain, Chains wasn't great, but he was so so. Eight Ball and Skull had their moments, but ugh, man. Yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, well, you think about this. These two factions are the two guys who got kicked out of the other faction. Yeah. Like, so it was Savio, who was with nation, the nation, got kicked out. Crush, who was with the nation, and got kicked out. So, yeah, and then they both went and formed their own factions. That They decided, hey, say, the black guys don't want us. We're going to get our own people. Yeah, right. It's literally what happened. I'm not being funny. Yeah, hey, we're going to go form our own gang. Again, it's like prison. I will say this as a Wait, kid. Wait, unity. Right. As a kid, I really liked the DOA. Like, I mean, not their matches, just like the gimmick. I, I thought the biker gimmick was kind of cool, and I thought they looked awesome. And the first time I saw a biker Undertaker, I'm like, dude, you're I honestly about don't re- I honestly don't remember my opinion on them when I was a kid. I just remember uh, first time I saw a biker Undertaker, I was like, dude, you're about like three years too late with this gimmick, man. <laughs> but either way... There are a bunch of near falls in this one. In the end, Chains hits Jesus from behind. Crush nails a tilt-a-whirl backbreaker and gets the pin. Again, I gave it dose. What say you? I gave this one. This sucked so hard. <laughs> High Good hard. Yeah, right. Yeah, this, um, it was a match. It had people. No, it, wasn't. <laughs> it was a brawl. But now we go backstage. Michael Cole is standing by with Bret Hart and the British Bulldog. Cole says that the American flag could be flying high tonight, and Brett says that Cole, like all Americans, is just a dreamer. He cuts a decent short promo, and then Bulldog decides he must say things. So here we go, man. Well, yeah, I mean, he should he should force his way in there because everyone's going to pretend he's not British. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, we're going for the got- Canadian flag, and you're going for the American flag. Screw the uh, Union Jack. I, I, that's okay. exactly what they did. But- <laughs> This is his whole promo. I wrote it out. This is it. He goes, 
The only flag that's going to be waving tonight is going to be the Canadian flag because the British Bulldog and the Hitman are going to be victorious tonight here in St. Louis. Right here. And he didn't even do the cheesy thumbs up, by the way. I just love how he how he punctuates it with right here. What the fuck? Yeah. Now, in hindsight, I didn't write this down, but I'm thinking like Pillman was a part of their group. He was obviously a great friend of theirs, so I don't know if that's yeah. attributed to his bad promo or not, but no, because every one of his promos were bi- were bad. <laughs> so I give him no grace. Do you remember when they turned him heel and they automatically made someone his manager? Motherfucker. Yeah, right. That was a good call. I'm not being sarcastic. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Don't have him speak anymore. Just have uh, have Cornette do it, please, for the love of God, dude. You, re- I remember his promos uh, when he went to WCW for a little while. That oh my god, they were just horse crap, man. <sighs> but speaking of horse crap, I kid, it wasn't quite that bad. But uh, after the heart Foundation no, other entrance, than the main event, this is one of the better matches. Yeah, right. We go back to Doc Hendricks standing by with the Patriot and Vader. Patriot is more southern than shrimp and grits served with fried chicken and barbecue. <laughs> uh, you know, he has quite the gun collection. Oh, well, that's a given. But uh, he's like, this one was handed down from my great grandpappy all the way down to me. Serial numbers scratched off so they don't know it. <laughs> but uh, he's like, oh, Vader, big bear with this one. Yeah. Vader says that Brett uh, being the best there is, the best there was, and the be- best there ever will be is bullshit. Vince McMahon goes, well, now. And then Jim Ross apologizes for the cursing. Uh, Vader says that he and the Patriot don't have much in common other than hating loudmouth Canadians badmouthing America. Well, now. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean. I get like, the hypocrisy. How many jokes do you make at Canadians' expense? Well, they're supposed to sit there and take it? Yes. <laughs> what are they going to do? It's not like they have a military. Name they the have, last uh, Canadian war. I'm sure they have, uh, uh, what do you call those? Uh, Guardian Angels, or whatever their equivalent is. Yeah. Hey, look, Guardian we have Angels. Mounties, okay? <laughs> Good Lord. We have Mounties, okay? Sometimes, like, you know, if somebody wants to mess with us, we just airdrop some moose in there, okay? And we, you know, we say, go at it. Well, I can't tell if you're trying to be Canadian or, like, a uh, a middle-aged white mom from uh, Minnesota. Yes. <laughs> Which might as well be Canada, by the way. Name the difference. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I recently found out, like, uh, like in that area. Yeah, I, have a, Wis- I have a loved one in Canada, so I got to tread softly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, in uh, in Minnesota and in, in the Minnesota and uh, uh, Wisconsin area, they say like. Anything that has an ah sound, they change it to a. So like flag instead of flag and bag instead of bag. Like until somebody pointed that out, I, was, I didn't notice it. Now I hear it every time. I'm like, oh, God, you're from that that area, aren't you? Or you're Canadian. My biggest Cana- tale is uh, hella, I believe. <laughs> yeah, um, I well, I can always tell if somebody's from Canada, if they say instead of ow, it's ooh. So like. Hoose and out. Like, uh, I was watching um, uh, what's it called again? Collision. And Taya Valkyrie was calling out Britt Baker, and she yeah. said sorry. I've never heard her say that word before. She said sorry. So oh, sorry. God. Yeah. Like, wow, I didn't know it. the accent was that thick on her. I mean, I know yeah, other right. stuff thick on her, but 
<laughs> Good Lord. Thick with two C's, baby. Thicker than a bowl of oatmeal. Jeez, well, I was thinking peace. Anyways, let's move on. <laughs> well, you remember that Simpsons episode where they go to uh, they go to Canada and the Canadian uh, the Canadian version of Millhouse is Millhouse. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> love that one. Uh, anyway, speaking of Canada, it is the Hart Foundation of Brett and British Bulldog or Brett Hart and British Bulldog taking on the Patriot and Vader. Cool. It is a tag team flag match. It goes just over twenty three minutes. I first jump note on this is why the hell is this a team? Uh, because me, right? <laughs> that's why. And anyway, uh, we get a jump start in this one outside of the ring as the Americans hit the heart foundation with the American flag. Yeah, that's this right. is one of those jump starts I thought was kind of warranted. Right. But we get USA chance going pretty early on. Brett and British Bulldog eventually uh, fight back with flagpoles as well. Yeah, let's chat USA, even though the best wrestler in this entire match is Canadian. Yeah, right. (laughs) Uh, Vader attempts to moonsault at one point and actually lands on his feet, sort of, uh, when the Bulldog moves. A fan ends up jumping the railing at one point. It's not caught on camera, but we see everybody looking, security rushing, and the Bulldog actually gets distracted by this for a bit. Is that what that was? Yeah, they even call it out on commentary. They're like, I missed uh, that, but... I saw like, the, oh, everything, the commotion going on, but because uh, they were talking about it on commentary, they're like, "Oh, uh, overzealous American getting involved here," and they're like, "Oh, maybe he was an angry Canadian." Oh, I thought they were talking about the match. <laughs> no, <laughs> holy hell, I yeah. missed that completely. Yeah, and like all the attention came off the match for a few minutes there. But weird, they after a bit, stuff like that completely out of Peacock. Oh, really? Usually, yeah. I guess that one's kind of hard to edit around, but I mean, they, you don't see it. You just, you know, oh, I know, you know what's going on. Obviously you didn't see because I didn't know what the hell was going on. <laughs> but after a Vader bomb on Brett, a bulldog beats Vader up outside of the ring. Brett counters an O'Connor roll from the Patriots to get the pinfall win. Uh, I gave this two and a half stars. What say you? I, I gave it one and I'm like, I thought this was a flag match. Yeah, I was like, what's the point of this? Because both flags are hanging. So they do. Huh? Uh, att- they do explain at the end. Oh, pinball submission or grab the flag. When the hell is that ever a rule in the flag match ever? I, I don't know, man. Do I have to play it again? Me, right? Uh, so, uh, uh, there's a there's a WTF one. You also fit there. But uh, <sighs> yeah, remember the show we were doing with Hogan and Strap match and one via pinfall what was that uh i don't remember the pinfall one i do remember the one it was it was hogan and vader in a strap match and he dragged uh he he pulled the strap off of vader and then he dragged rick flair around the ring Maybe that's what i'm thinking of but that i was, know it uh, ended 95 was that where flair was in drag yes i remember that okay yeah uh he he completely takes a strap off of uh vader's wrist and then knocks out rick flair and drags his ass around the ring i'm like why? <laughs> like, okay. But backstage, Doc Hendricks is standing by with Shawn Michaels, Hunter Hurstelsley, Rick Rude, and Shayna. By the way, real uh, quick, I don't think I've ever in my life given a Bret Hart match of one star. <laughs> yeah, that match was like, I doubt all I kinds of booty. <laughs> all kinds of booty. But Shawn says that the good news is that tonight 
the, uh, about tonight is that his match is not for Sean's coveted European Championship. And then pretends to wipe the yeah. sweat off his head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Way to bury it, man. Uh, this is right up there. Didn't Vince McMahon say something like that about the title as well? Yeah, when I think it was him and Austin were feuding. And I think if Austin won, McMahon had to leave forever. And that lasted. And if if Undertaker won, Austin can never fight for the WWE title again. And Vince said, well, you can't fight for the WWE title. You can fight for the prestigious European title. It's prestigious. Yeah. Good <laughs> He made sure to emphasize it, too. It's prestigious. Yeah. <laughs> I will say I thought it looked cool, but nobody gave a damn about I that belt, I think at man. the time, X-Pac held it. So thus, he was burying him, too. Or it might have been D.O. Brown. Either one. He buried the <laughs> hell out of that saying that. All that tracks. Yeah. Uh, my favorite uh, feud over that title was Triple H versus Owen Hart. But oh, uh, two wrestlers for too. Yeah, right. Sean says that he's only willing to do this match because he's the man, tougher than nails, has amazing athletic ability, and is the number one guy in the WWF. Helmsley starts gonna, to speak. He's going to put on a great show. Why? Because he can. I can. Yep. Uh, Helmsley starts to speak, and then they flip to a build-up package, video package. <laughs> Man, that like bad, nope <laughs> yeah right he's like you know flip like nope shut the f- up you're just the guy who carries the bags right now your yeah, time's like, coming shut man. up shut up big nose shut the f- up dave <laughs> kind of ironic that both these guys would be running the entire show basically nowadays yeah right nuts but sergeant slaughter comes back out to ringside again to observe this next match and now we're going to take our second to last break. On the other end of this, we're diving into the main event. Follow the main event marks on Twitter and Instagram at main event underscore marks and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod. Hello, everyone. My name is Ryan McCarthy, and I'm the host of the No Credentials Required podcast. Start your work week with the Monday Drop-In, where I talk about the sports beat in the Capital District, also known as the Mighty 518, as well as Metro New York sports from an upstate point of view. I also give a life lesson from a weekly sports story, so you might learn something from that. I also have a midweek podcast where I interview different sports personalities and talk about a wide array of topics. Take a listen and subscribe on your preferred podcast app, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio. Also, check out our social media channels on Twitter and Instagram, BellyUpNCR, and Facebook.com forward slash BellyUpSportsNCR. We're a part of the BellyUpSports Podcast Network in association with Godzilla Media. No credentials required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. Hey, gang, it's Commissioner Cooper of TSS Fantasy. We are the fantasy show of the people. Expert fantasy advice, free contests, leading expert medical and legal analysis, and most importantly, you. Interact with us on all social media platforms or check us out at tssfantasy.com. You can hear us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and many more. Check out the fun today and be a part of the most interactive fantasy show around. TSS Fantasy, the fantasy show of the people. event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on youtube at youtube.com forward slash c forward slash main event marks podcast now back to the show now we're back we're back 
Main event time, the moment, or the reason everybody was all here, it is Shawn Michaels with Hunter Hearst, Helmsley, Rick Rude, and Shane taking on and at these. This, go ahead. What? I said, at this oh, point, yeah. I am thanking Kenny Omega we got this. Because this pay-per-view sucked. Good lord. Uh, but he's taking on The Undertaker in a Hell in a Cell match, the very first ever. It's about 30 minutes long. So the cameramen keep getting too close to Shawn Michaels, and Shawn actually cusses <laughs> one of them out after pile driving <laughs> The Undertaker on the That's bottom half. That's pretty Christian Shawn, by the way. Yeah, right. They're bleeping <laughs> his ass out. Uh, at one point, Undertaker dumps Triple A, or excuse me, dumps HBK over the top rope onto a fake cameraman. Sean beats that cameraman up, and they open the cell door to escort. How do you out. know he was fake? I mean, he was already already yelling at them anyway, so maybe he just finally snaps. Yeah, well, given the given what happened next, we can yeah can figure it out. But just saying, yeah. no, we'll assume right at the time. Yeah, well, it was it was a good setup. Uh, so, like, if you're at home, you you know that that adds to it. So I, that was great. But uh, either way, they open the cell door to escort the cameraman out, and Michaels takes advantage of this to leave the cell, and Undertaker follows. When Undertaker slingshots Sean face first into the cell wall, HBK gets busted open. It's a, uh, an iconic shot that you've seen in every build-up package ever for Homeless Cell or anything like that. Yep. Sean, There's uh, one more coming, too. Yep. Sean, a bloody mess, laying up against the cell wall. But to get away from the Undertaker, Michaels climbs to the top of the cell, but Undertaker follows him. Sean gets back body dropped onto the cell, and when Undertaker rakes his face on the cyclone cage, his blood literally rains down onto the camera below. We can hear somebody shout, okay, that was oh, gross, shit. but I thought it was just great. That makes any sense. Right. Yeah, right. Did you hear, like, very loudly, somebody goes, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was great. I don't know. I don't know if that was a cameraman or Sean or who the hell was doing that. Like, okay, so that's okay, but you're bleeping everything else out. Like, all right. <laughs> but when Sean tries climbing down, Undertaker knocks him off the side of the cage and through a commentary table. That was a famous shot. Oh, that's uh, the other one. That's uh, and Tito Santana's right there too. Yeah, right. That was a uh, the very first bump off the cell. Everybody. But back in the Which, cell. You know, it's been bastardized over the years. But unfortunately. Uh, back in the cell, Undertaker busts Sean open, or excuse me, busts Sean with an unprotected chair shot to the face, or excuse me. In the face! In the face! <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But the lights then drop, and unfamiliar music plays as the lights turn red. A man in a bodysuit then walks and a mask walks to the cell with Paul Bearer, and Vince drops his famous call of, that's, that's gotta be Kane! That's gotta be Kane! Another iconic moment. Now, how many came out of this match? You didn't realize that. Yeah, right. Uh, it's an iconic moment, but, like, Bruce Pritchard said, he absolutely hated that. He was like, I was hoping he would just shut the hell up and let the moment kind of live, and then, like, people, like, kind of make assumptions. And he's like, how would he... He's like, I mean, you can kind of guess that that's Kane. Well, he like, didn't say it is. He said it's got to be. Like, you know, we don't know, but it's, it's got to be. Yeah, right. So, I mean, he didn't really say it. That's who it is. Well, he was like, 
I don't. He was like that. That just sounds so dumb to me. He was like, just just let people figure it out on their own. He was like, you know, the the showing versus telling kind of thing. It's like, oh, eh, you mean like Bobby Heen at uh, uh, Passion of the Beach '96? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. That one you could excuse is like, you know, Bobby Heenan's always hated him. So, you know, but uh, either way, he comes to the cell and uh, rips the cell door off its hinges and go. He's got another iconic uh, shot. Yep. He gets in the ring and he goes eye to eye with the Undertaker. Kane brings the pyro. hits a tombstone on the Undertaker and then leaves with Paul Bearer. By the way, this I didn't realize Paul Bearer's got a chase. Uh, he's he comes in like the blue suit with the brown yeah, hair from this era that's too. That's funny. I was going to tell you about that because remember we were, I think we were talking about it was blue. Yeah. Oh, the blue is actually the chase, which I'm for because I'd rather have the black one anyways. I don't want to look for the black one. Yeah, he's got the black hair and the black suit for the one, and then the other one's the brown hair and the blue suit from this era. But uh, which, uh, you know, in hindsight, now looking at it, he's way too blue for the figure, but whatever. Yeah. But the uh, half-dead Shawn Michaels crawls over to cover the Undertaker as the referee counts to three, giving him the win, which would give him the infamous world title shot at Survivor Series. Yeah. Oh, right. It's all going to play out. Fine. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Everything is going to go smoothly. It's not going to end up as an episode of Dark Side of the Ring or anything. (laughs) But Uncle Dave gave this five stars. I give it four. What say you? You know, I had to look at it from the moment. You can't look at everything that's been happening after. In the moment, it was mm-hmm. definitely fine. I got to say four just only because, I mean, it was I, it was iconic, and it was cool. It was a good match, and it was, like, the very first one, obviously. But, like, Sean just got his ass kicked throughout most of this match. <laughs> and that was about it. It was good, though. You got to see him, like, fighting back a few times and trying to brawl. But I ask you this, though. Who else could have done this I, at this time? Nobody. It had to have been Sean. Yeah, so, yeah. Now, what's funny is his uh, his friend there is is going to be in an iconic Hell in a Cell match Mr. with the Undertaker he's a, he's a few years Mr. later. Mr. Hell in a Cell. Yeah. And, uh, well, he'd be, you know, Sean obviously made this one famous with, with the Undertaker, and then, you know, Triple H would have it's a famous one years later. It's Triple H together have the greatest one ever. Yeah. Oh, also man, I, I want to go back and watch that. Oh, wait, was that, was that one in Bad Blood? Yeah, it was four. Oh, nice. What was uh, the Triple H and Kevin Nash one? What what event was that at? Bad Blood 03. Wow, so that just became like the Bad Blood match. Yep. Nice. Well, after the match, Hunter Hearst, Helmsley, and China come back out to scrape Shawn Michaels off the mat and walk him to the back. Undertaker stumbles around the ring a bit as the show comes to a close. And that brings us to our final break. On the other end of this... We're going to get into the final ratings and tell you what's coming up on the podcast. Follow the main event marks on Twitter and Instagram at main event underscore marks and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod. What's up, everybody? I am the hardest part of the ring, the host of the Apron Bump podcast. Ugh. Another wrestling podcast. How many times can I listen to fans tell me who needs a push, who doesn't need a push, who brings Vince's coffee these days? Enough! 
The Apron Bump is about the journey. It's about nostalgia. It's about discovering new forms of wrestling to really tickle your pickle as a wrestling fan. The podcast brings you reviews of wrestling events all over the world, whether it's WWF, WWE, WCW, ECW. We even cover the golden eras of Ring of Honor, Progress, TNA, and more promotions in the future as well. New episodes every Wednesday. Bump day. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah? Go to apronbump.com or go to your favorite podcast platform or YouTube and subscribe today for the most diverse, fan-friendly wrestling podcast in the world. I'm hard. Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash main event marks podcast. Now back to the show. And we're back. We're back. Final ratings, y'all. Internet movie oh, database yeah. gives this a 7.1 out of 10. Cagematch.net gives it 6.31 out of 10. I gave it 6.5 out of 10 for D plus, maybe. Let's say you. I went back and forth on it. I'm like, you know, if you take a test and you fail every question, but you knock the essay out of the park, you pass the test. No. So I got to go D plus on this. Right. Yeah. Literally that last match was it. Like there were, there were a handful of, I can't even say a handful. There were a couple of decent, not terrible matches that should have been on raw. It wasn't the minis match. It wasn't the race war match, but yeah. Right. It, uh, not good. Well, not good. excuse me here. Uh, not good. Believe me, not good. <laughs> this show, bad. What? So, if you paid like you're 30 bucks to buy this or something, you were happy at the end, though, at least. Yeah, that... that of, and all the last, crap that builds up to it. But. Yeah, that last match, just... It, it was great. It's iconic, obviously. But, man, this was... The show was a rough watch. It just was not... I did not... I do not remember this show being this bad. I'm just going to say that. I, I didn't either, but I remembered it being a, a so-so. Yeah. Well, there, was not, there wasn't much so-so about this. This was just crap. <laughs> uh, but next week, this double main event week. How about that? So we're Are not you? bringing you... Yeah, I know. Crazy, right? But we're not uh, bringing you WWF or WCW, not even ECW next week. We're bringing you something a little out of the box. First, on October 18th, it's TNA Bound for Glory 2013. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> AJ Styles and Bully Ray in the main event. So, I mean, Kurt Angle takes on uh, Bobby Roode, so that should be good. Bob Roode. Yeah. Exactly. The bonus show on next Friday is Ring of Honor's Undeniable 2007 the Ring of Honor title is defended by Takeshi Morishima against Nigel McGuinness. And that starts Nigel's historic run as the Ring of Honor champ where he has just... You want to talk about the Seamus thing, a banger after banger after banger. That's what Nigel was pumping and out. This, and it starts with this match. Yeah. I I haven't watched it yet. I need to watch it back. Nigel was uh, a sight to behold during this time, man. He put on some good stuff. He actually... That hair. Hell yeah, man. Coming out to a song called F***ing in the Bushes by Oasis. Not even not even joking. That was the name of his, his theme song. 
But we're wrapping the month up. Right Who the hell listens to Oasis? Uh, British people? I don't know. I Are listen they British? to British? Big... Uh, Irish. So I guess people from the UK. But I listen to their big hits, but that's about it. Uh, next, uh, or excuse me, wrapping up the month. Right before Halloween. Saying I listen to Millie Vanilli's biggest hits. Wow. Uh, wrapping up the month right before Halloween, we've got WCW Halloween Havoc 1998. It's a scary-ass way to close the month out, man. No, uh, no, there's some good stuff on here, actually. Don't scare people. Yeah, well, the, I'm, I'm sure the overall show is fine. The Hogan Warrior match, now that's scary. It wasn't, yeah. it's not the... I'll say this. It's not the first time Hogan's dropped a turd at Halloween Havoc. All right. Just throwing that I out. I might argue he's never done anything good at Halloween Havoc, actually. Yeah. There was age in a cage. Uh, that was something. I think he also wrestled Vader in a cage there, didn't he? Mm, uh, no. 95. Yeah, 95. 95 was his first. Or no, 94 was his first. Right? Was he Probably. Probably 94, but. Oh, okay. In 94 was him and him and Flair in a cage. Okay, it was uh, him and Flair. Yeah, 95 so, was him and Giant. Uh, giant. Uh, yeah, him and Giant twice, by the way. Yeah. Te- technically. Uh, 96 was a, a him and... Wait, who the hell was it? Was it? Oh, him and Savage? Where he had that stupid wig? Yeah. I don't know if that was, was uh, good. I think, I think that was from that movie that you just put up with the three three ninjas i think you did that poster right yeah i think it was from uh, that I'm movie to make a mountain yeah yeah probably which is actually uh, uh what's it called down there it's down in la it's not mega mountain everyone calls it mega mountain every show ever because it's a copyright oh. i don't know the name of it magic mountain uh, this. oh okay yeah i don't know anytime you see uh, anything with mega mountain it was nine times out of ten filmed at magic mountain in uh so Nice. You'll have to put some context into this one for me. I see at 99, he lost to Sting in three seconds. The F was that about? That's when he laid down. I think so. Hogan laid, Hogan laid down for Sting? I believe so. I don't remember the context for it, though. Uh, let's see. That's when Goldberg comes out, challenges for it, and wins it. But then the next night, Sting says, I never said it was for the title. They contrived an ending. Probably done by Russo. I believe this was his first show. Shocker. Yeah, it says he enters wearing street clothes, whispers in Sting's ear, and then lays down. Sting covers Hogan, and the match ended with the opening bell never having rung. Wow. Okay. Uh, this is... Oh, the only time wrestling history we got a title change via Jumpstart. Technically. This is... Right. That's Vince Russo's debut show, by the way. Just I am not even kind of surprised. Yeah, bro. Lay down, bro. Anyway, so that's wrapping Steve up. Steve Hope just so. can't ever have a match with a proper ending, huh? Ever. Nope. Ever. 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 Why, why would you? Come on, man. Roll the clip. Roll the clip. Me, right? There it is. <laughs> like I knew exactly yeah. which one, by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And after what? Well, after watching this show, I'm thinking I'm pissed now. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, we are going to uh, uh, wrap this up now. Thank you for joining me today, Greg. Yeah, thanks for doing this to me. Yeah, we will see you all next week for Double Main Event Week 
first, it is TNA Bound for Glory 2013, and then Friday, we've got Ring of Honor Undeniable 2007.